0: What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But first and foremost, you know what we got to do. We got to talk about the things that bring a little revenue into the show. We are brought to you by the Patreon at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. You want to hear these episodes ad-free? You want to see the video versions, all of them, uncensored, a week early? Patreon. As you're about to discover, we got a lot more sponsors coming in. So these ad reads are only going to get longer. In addition to the exclusive and now we drink content, there is some of my random art, random musings, some skits, other content throughout the Patreon. So once again, check that out today at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. And now on to the real sponsors. This week's episode is proudly brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I literally used the lawnmower 4.0 right before recording this. I was growing out a little bush just to see how this bad boy would handle it. Oh, let me tell you, my balls, they're silky smooth right now. Silky smooth. And you can get the lawnmower 4.0 as part of the Performance Package 4.0. In addition, the package also includes the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance boxer briefs, which are so good. So good. And a travel bag to hold all the goodies. Drinking buddies, it's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off, plus free shipping with code ANWD. As a hairy dude, I gotta tell you, the Lawnmower 4.0 works like a charm. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at carb Does your business or place of employment serve beverages? Mill manufactures the equipment that is the engine behind many beverage systems. From nitrogen generators to dispense nitro and cold brew coffee to gas blenders to dispense multiple styles of craft beer. They even offer food-grade air systems to help reduce up to 40% of the CO2 usage in restaurants and bars. With over five decades in the industry, milk products are the most trusted equipment for any beverage system. Check them out today at www.millcarb.com. Or on Twitter and Instagram at MillerCarbonic. And when you hit them up, let them know that you heard about them on And Now We Drink. Also, Drinking Buddies, be sure to check out our merch store at ANWD.net slash merch. There's t-shirts, there's art. There's all sorts of stuff there for sale. It supports the show. Get your very own Cancel Rainy Bozio shirts. Or the crazy text messages that I got from a guest on a shirt. There's all sorts of awesome merchandise at ANWD.net slash merch. Last, but certainly not least, is the easiest way to support this show. It's twofold. Just let people know. Signal boost. Share social media posts. Let people know about the show. The second, also super easy, is go to youtube.com slash and now we drink and subscribe. Feed the algorithm. It's really that easy. Each one will take a couple seconds and will meet a ton to me, Drinking Buddies. So if you could do that for me, you'd be doing me a huge solid. Let's get on with it. My guest this week is adult performer Sophia Locke. This was a blast of an episode. Sophia and I talk about her triumphant return. The conversation, per usual, goes everywhere. And it was a ton of fun. And thankfully, it didn't result in a crazy text string after the show. So, sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy Drinking Buddies. <laughs> Welcome to the Doxing Podcast. So what's your first best name? No, <laughs>
1: Sophia,
0: how are you doing?
1: I am fantastic. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to like not having a you know crazy text exchange post-podcast.
1: You know, you don't know that we won't have that yet, and that's the fun in this, right?
0: I'm making a broad assumption.
1: <laughs> You're correct.
0: You, you are vetted much better than a lot of other guests on this show.
1: Phew. Okay. All right. Good.
0: We have a lot of mutuals, so and you know, we've been following each other on social for a while and I haven't seen any like insane outbursts from you on Twitter. And that's generally the first red flag on someone who's gonna Yeah, I've
1: heard I've heard directors look for that too when booking girls. Uh, is that if you're a really hard partier or if you are a lot of drama on social media, they won't book you. I'm very hyper aware of my branding. And I also am just not drama. Well,
0: a little bit of drama is fine. A little. Like, <laughs> I
1: want to hear about other people's drama, like your your text exchanges. But I.
0: <laughs> aww, aww, yeah. Yeah, so A little drama, a lot of partying is fine. As long as I, I'm okay with you being a partier As long as I don't have to clean up after you. There we
1: go. No babysitting, right? All right.
0: I definitely had a guest not too long ago, like lose their phone off my balcony, and go puke. Like,
1: wow. Oh, this is a crazy podcast.
0: Oh, you did no research. Huh?
1: <laughs> it's a drinking podcast. I don't drink.
0: <laughs> yeah, plenty of people who do the show don't drink. It's not, a, not it's not a requirement. Do you know how many people in the industry between comedy and porn I would not be able to have on? It's like you're required to drink to do the show, that'd be like Okay, cool. Like half my guest list would just evaporate.
1: It would be gone. I feel like we talked about it at the convention that there's kind of either one extreme or the other if we're looking at porn and comedy, is that Either you drink a ton or you've already kind of gone down that road and now you are sober as fuck.
0: Yeah, I really hope I never get to that point because that's really going to ruin my branding.
1: Mm. Yeah, and now we drink tea.
0: At that point, we'll probably become – and now we do mushrooms.
1: (laughs) Or just get worse. Like, and now we do heroin. We're like, wait a second. This is a very boring podcast, first of all.
0: Well, I mean, it starts off really exciting as I try to get the vein. (laughs) Like, just watch me try to fucking – especially because I'm afraid of intravenous needles –
1: Oh, okay. So it's like a fear factor slash drug podcast. So
0: just like watching me like shake as I I need my medicine, medicine, medicine. Like I die on air. Like
1: each one is only like five minutes long because you kind of pass out in the middle
0: of it. Well, at that point, I'll hire a co-host to like you know take care of me. Like we shouldn't
1: be business partners. I just decided this. We have horrible ideas on air.
0: Or amazing ones.
1: Or amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate you getting me a Diet Coke and remembering that I don't drink.
0: Yeah. Stop, like, breaking the kayfabe on the, like, I'm an irresponsible drunk. God damn it. going to be like, wait, you actually paid attention that, you know.
1: He's responsible and a professional? Shit. I know I'm ruining it for you. I'm sorry.
0: That's it. You're not going on a t-shirt now.
1: Damn. I just <laughs> wanted a t-shirt.
0: Oh, fine I'll make a t-shirt I don't know I'll figure out something by the end of this
1: well if you look at, at my tweets uh, actually no never mind you couldn't wear those t-shirts in public so
0: I mean you can freedom of expression
1: okay all right just titties so it's all titties
0: they're not my titties <laughs> I don't think there's any laws against wearing other people's titties in public really I mean we could find out I'm
1: curious now actually does it is it considered
0: could you wear your own shirt over your own tits
1: oh my god my own tits I like that you're looking this up. This makes me very happy. Is it like the indecency laws prohibit you from wearing something too graphic?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to make a shirt with my titties on it if it's allowed.
0: Especially... (laughs) According to the the initial Google search, in the United States, there are no laws that govern the images that are printed in clothing. So you could literally print your own tits on a t-shirt and then wear it.
1: Or one of my orgies? Probably. Okay. Okay. It's
0: promotion. According to... a cursory google search once again everyone i am not a lawyer
1: he's an expert in this
0: i wouldn't even go that far i'm just <laughs> willing to seed the world with bad ideas and just ro- watch them run amok
1: i love this yes
0: just like oh hey there's sophia's tits on sophia's tits like
1: it's very meta i don't know
0: you should do some like abstract art with your tits so like there's six layers of tits
1: it's like picasso picasso tits well i mean, picasso
0: Ticasso. Yeah. Sophia Law. Ticasso.
1: <laughs> Please don't let this be my legacy. Please.
0: I mean it may be the caption on this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ticasso. That will that'll get people to click, I think.
0: That's the idea. Yep. Yeah. As much as I'm enjoying having you hang out, I do want people to click.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. Me too. Me too.
0: Well, yes. Ideally, they generate some ad revenue for me and generate real money for you.
1: There we go. There we go. Yeah. I just want them to find me elsewhere where the fun stuff is.
0: Hell even if they don't find you where the fun stuff is, if it's somewhere where they can spend money on you.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, if they just like cash app you money without having to, you know, consume <laughs> your content, I'm sure that's okay. If it's not okay <laughs> actually, for her, I'll take it.
1: I actually don't really do. I I feel very transactional about this work in that I, I think I was raised to be like a people pleaser and I have really extreme manners. So if someone gave me cash without any expectation, I would still feel obligated to do something. And I would say, you know, at least let me send you a video or just so I felt like things were fair. So I, I, it would bother me to take money for nothing actually.
0: But what if they're like, I don't want a video. I just want you to be happy with this money.
1: I would be forever confused. (laughs) It would haunt me.
0: I know how I'm going to make an impression. (laughs) Yeah. Next convention, Matt, can I buy you a drink? No.
1: Yeah. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) No, no. That's your money forever.
1: I can't, I can't deal. I can't.
0: You don't owe me anything for the diet coke, by the way.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Phew.
0: I'm just gonna put that out there.
1: Whoo! All right. Yeah. I don't, a... I don't like it being out there. That that. Yeah. And and I feel like with with sex work, it just has been. Yeah. It's like uh, I I don't like emotionally lead like lead anybody on for money. I just want it to be. Hey, I'm gonna be a slut. You can watch me, and you can buy my videos of me being a slut. And then there are enough people that want to do that, so it's great.
0: It's amazing how that works out.
1: <laughs> it's fantastic. It's like, huh?
0: I would like to be a slut for money, you would like to pay, capitalism.
1: It's the best job I've ever had, by far. What's the worst? <sighs> um, I think being a server in my early 20s, I worked at a barbecue restaurant and I had server nightmares every night where I was getting sat an eight-top and a six-top and I would just make drinks in my dream and be behind the entire night. It meant that that, dress, that job was too stressful for me at the time, you know, that sucked. I
0: mean, it's probably too stressful for you now if you're still like traumatized by it to this day.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess when I when I left the industry, I did real estate. And during that time, I also worked in fine dining and I wasn't stressed at all. And it was something about the fact that I was selling, you know, $500,000 houses, a steak for 65 bucks didn't seem like that big of a deal. So I think I got over that weird trauma of my early 20s. Either
0: that or it's you don't have to deal with people covered in barbecue sauce demanding things from you.
1: <laughs> I did smell like barbecue sauce all of the time.
0: Oh, I just imagine like fat Americans just covered in sauce. I need another lemonade, <laughs> honey. Can you get me another lemonade?
1: Oh God, we had strawberry lemonade. It was delicious.
0: Would you work at a Famous Dave's.
1: Um, it was Lucille's barbecue. Okay, it was. Go- I mean, it was well, good. No, food. Lucille's is
0: very good. Solid,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Our chain, it is very solid.
1: Yep, that was it. Was good, but it was a very stressful time for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll eat at the Lucille's occasionally in Vegas when I'm there.
1: Oh, there's one in Vegas.
0: Yeah, one well, in Henderson, but... Yeah, nice. It's uh, like Green Valley Parkway.
1: Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I just moved back to Vegas, so...
0: Where, where were you? Because I thought you were always Vegas-based.
1: Uh, I was in Vegas, and then I moved to Seattle for six years, or that area, and then I moved to Austin, Texas, was there for about five months, and then I just moved back to Vegas about a month and a half ago.
0: Okay, so you said you were doing both fine dining and real estate. Where were you doing Which?
1: Uh, So I was doing real estate and then a little bit of the fine dining restaurant as I was trying to get that off the ground when I lived in Seattle, Washington.
0: Was it your restaurant or...
1: Um, what do you mean?
0: Well, you like, said you wanted to get that off the ground, like
1: oh, oh, I, when I was trying to get my real estate.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It's
1: like you know, I needed kind of a side, a side hustle, a side job while I was doing real estate. Although I did wonder if anyone ever knew me from my porn stuff. So every time there was a new busboy, I would worry that maybe he'd recognize me from old shoots because I had left the industry. I had retired completely, and so I had just was buttoned up doing real estate, working that restaurant job and praying no one recognized me. They didn't until I left, actually. Someone did after that.
0: You're sure they didn't know the whole time and then just kept it to themselves?
1: No, because it was like a younger kid and he was like 20s, right? And he messaged me and was like, oh, I like I was scrolling on Tumblr and I found some stuff of yours. Like, I didn't realize you were such a freak. And at the time, I didn't want to be known for any of it. I wasn't back in the industry yet. So I just rolled my eyes and blocked him <laughs>
0: it's like bro it's a job like yeah yeah stallone has not murdered a lot of people or is a professional boxer it's a job
1: well i mean i do i do love sex there's a reason that i got into the industry but then when i left i didn't you know i wanted to kind of leave it behind a little bit
0: but there's a thing about loving sex and like what you portray as your character for the internet.
1: You okay? You say that, but my brand has always been really authentically me. I mean, maybe heightened a little bit, but I, I have a ton of energy. I'm really extroverted, and I'm really slutty. So, and that's not with. I'm not slutty with everyone, right? Well, I'm yeah, that, particular.
0: But that's that's part of the character because I'm sure most dudes are paying for the fantasy of oh, she'll be slutty with me. Oh,
1: yeah. Everyone wants to put themselves into it. But I I just have always, I've never offered in-person services. I've always been kind of untouchable in that way. Um, But I like the idea of everyone out there masturbating to me. Like I I get a kick out of knowing that these shoots are going out to tens or hundreds of thousands of people. Um, I would die to have my own flashlight so that I knew people were you know, using my vagina to masturbate too.
0: Is that how you end up in Austin? You're like, yo, flashlight. <laughs> I'm here. Let's do this.
1: Let's go. I actually followed a guy there. I, or I went, I tried to make things work with a guy in Austin and it just didn't. So I decided to move where there was more work. Solid move. Yeah, I think so. I think so.
0: I like Austin. I like it as a city. I don't want to live there.
1: It was It's great. Um, And I, I really liked it. Really good food. Like a lot of people into fitness. You know, everyone's out kind of working out. So it was cool. But it just, I mean, it wasn't great for getting back in the industry and working.
0: I think there is at least one producer of Note down there at this point.
1: Maybe one. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. And he
0: just moved from Florida to Austin.
1: Right. Yeah. I there's, there's almost nobody there. I would have to spend, you know, a week in L.A. and hope that directors were shooting that week and that they'd want to use me.
0: Yeah. Plus... If you're shooting your own content down there of any way you should perform, you may get arrested for it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe. Um, it's technically illegal. Yeah, I'm not sure how much how much they enforce that. You'd be surprised, or at least I was surprised at how many creators were out there and open about it. It would be on their personal Instagram pages. Their OnlyFans would be linked to their real names and things, and people would just talk about it. So at least that was kind of refreshing to be around people you know, who accepted that you did it.
0: Well, and that's one of the few positives. Well, there are a bunch of positives from the OnlyFans revolution, and that is definitely one of them. That they're like, there are more people now that are like, would have never considered sex work, right? At, and are just like, oh yeah, I do this. I do this under my real name. I'm not worried about being doxed. Like,
2: right?
0: It's kind of like how tattoos. Like, you know, when I was coming up, like having a tattoo was like a sign of being an outlier, and
1: right.
0: And now it's just like who doesn't have t- at it's least a couple when
1: they don't yeah 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 it's it's stranger than and, and i loved that about being out of the industry but hearing people talk about only fans because it came up when i was out and so um that was really nice because it would just be there's a girl at the restaurant that had one and i was so excited my little like sex worker heart was excited that that people were talking about it and kind of normalizing it a little
0: there's a lot of good that has come from OnlyFans. There's a lot of bad that's come from it too, but...
1: Sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, because anyone can be a content creator, in quotes. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of predators, a lot of guys just looking to get laid that aren't being safe. Um, there's so much less oversight when it comes to testing compared to the, the pro side of things. And I think um, that's caused some problems for sure.
0: That definitely has. The fact of the matter is because OnlyFans and, you know, to a lesser extent, you know, the free uploads to the hub aren't maintaining 2257 regulations properly. Right. Like, the fact that, like, oh, hey, if they're a verified model, we don't need another release from them. Like, but what if they don't consent to this scene? Like,
2: right,
1: yeah. Or
0: what if the federal government wants to audit my records, which they can legally do whenever they want?
1: <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, and, and honestly, with testing, too, at least, when on a professional set you have your agent telling you to get tested, you have the director ideally... Checking in the system when it was a part of the system that that you were ready to go, and then uh, ideally showing your test on set as well. So you had this kind of three tiered. Hopefully, someone catches it along the way. System, and with OnlyFans, it's like, hey, like let's just let's just fuck, and then and then nobody's checking, or hopefully they're checking, but there's no oversight.
0: Yeah, and, and it's kind of scary. It's absolutely kind of scary. I I was joking for the one day it was a AVN. And it's like. Hey, I specifically did not get tested. I'm not fucking anyone while I'm here. <laughs> and like one girl I was, you know, bullshitting with, she's like, well, I'm not tested either. I don't, I'm like, <laughs> run away, run away. Yeah, like. Well, I'm not particularly interested in the first place, but now I'm doubly not.
1: <laughs> a lot of people, you know, got tested because there was a moratorium for seven days. They shut down all production to try and kind of clear things out. And then, um, and then a lot of people didn't really shoot during it anyway because they were worried about it being kind of ground zero for some, you know, chlamydia outbreak or something. So,
0: and I'm hearing some people got COVID already.
1: Oh yeah, there's yeah, there's COVID too. <laughs> We've got all the fun things. Oh yeah, yeah. Now they're doing swabs for uh, oral, rectal, and then like vaginal chlamydia too. And so you can you can pass one to the other apparently. So. Um, people are being safer because they're they're checking more orifices, <laughs> but it does mean that that you're catching more things too. So it's a little scary out there.
0: It is. It is are, do you know if they're swabbing male urethras as well?
1: I don't know. I'm not sure about that one.
0: Because if they are, I'm never getting a full panel test again. I
1: like, thought you were going to say that you were going to be first in line. You're no, not no, no urethral sounding.
0: Uh, no, no. I am old school enough. Like I'm an old enough man that like back in the day, you had to get. Swabs for chlamydia gonorrhea and it is not fun holy fuck it is not fun
1: see i just thought the dry q-tip in the ass was was bad enough for for that one
0: i mean i've never had that i i've never been penetrated in only so like i don't have to worry about chlamydia in my asshole never never
1: you have a prostate we don't have one of those you have something that feels good back there
0: i also have you know digestive issues so (laughs) i'm learning so much about you right now like you know (laughs) Buyer beware. You may get what a little bit more than you bargained for.
1: So there's a guy in LA. I haven't done this, but apparently you can go to his house. He doesn't record it. You go in, you squat down, you shit on his face, and you leave. And he eats it. Um, but it's $3,000. <laughs> Look at you considering
0: it. Oh, no. I, I see it. I, on the podcast that will not be aired that I just did, I was talking like... I was talking to the guest. I'm like, yo, you offer li- me life-changing money. I'll be a sex worker. Like, There
1: you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I just don't have the exhibitionism in me to want to do it.
1: Want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well,
0: it's, at this point, like, it's, it's a whole weird path because, you know, I've been around since 2011, 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, like, Male talent only did studio work. Like there was no real content trades. There was
1: right. Even when I was back in it in 2014 when I started doing the shoots, there you didn't shoot with men outside of a studio.
0: Right. And I don't think I could do that job.
1: It's a hard job.
0: Right. So I've never wanted to do the job. I don't think I could do the job. I got in this industry because I'm a film nerd and I wanted to make movies.
1: Interesting.
0: Like if you look around the curtain, there's a wall of movies. Like Okay. And my audience has heard this a bunch of times, but Back in Chicago, I didn't know anyone who made mainstream film. I ended up meeting a bunch of performers that worked for Burning Angel back in the day. Mm. There's, like, seven girls that shot for BA, that, all based in Chicago at the time. And I ended up partying with a bunch of them at the same bar. Nice. Like, my my local bar – well, not my local, but the bar I hung out at all the time had a Burning Angel night on Tuesdays. Perfect. And, like, I ended up going from there to, like, providing security as a roadie and, like, BA work and shit like that. But it was all in, like, oh, hey, I want to make film. And, like – I don't know how to get into mainstream film, but obviously I have it into porn. So, sure. so let let me get into this and try to make something.
1: I didn't know that you that your type existed. I make a joke pretty often about how all these directors, none of them care about like it's not that they, they they have a love for the cinema. It's all because they want to see hot naked chicks and they want to maybe fuck them POV too. But so you you're an outlier, my friend.
0: I am. I also, besides writing a handful of scenes, have like not really created much film.
1: Okay, (laughs) even though that was your passion.
0: Yeah, well, it was a very poorly directed passion because for years I never, like, maybe it was just my ego being larger than my actual skill. It's like, oh, I could fucking shoot this. Like, I didn't, like, now that I actually know how to shoot things, I didn't know how to shoot things. You
1: didn't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you don't know, of course, Well, it was
0: just like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can just leave everything on automatic and it'll go. I think I shot one scene for wood rocket in like 2013 oh,
1: i loved wood rocket so much
0: um because my friends were doing naked in public
1: okay
0: so they need someone to hold the camera for the scene and like i shot it for them but like they did all the camera settings for me they just hit record keep it in frame great right but like in my brain i'm like i know how to shoot porn i did it i did it
1: why isn't everybody hiring me now that i am a right. pornographer
0: and now it's just like oh i actually do know how to shoot now it's like oh <laughs> I didn't know
1: shit. There's a lot behind it. And I have, you know, I have a a nice camera. I should learn all of that. And it's just being behind the camera has almost no interest to me. I want to perform. And that's, I mean, I'll I'll keep doing it until they're, you know, I'm doing granny porn, I guess.
0: Well, obviously we've already decided that we can make horrible ideas together. This sounds like a good match. (laughs) I want to make stuff. You want to perform. There we go. Perfect. 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 Yeah, like I bought a bunch of websites, like URLs that I never made use of.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I still to this day own quantumload.com.
1: Quantumload.com?
0: I wanted to make a Quantum Leap parody.
1: Fantastic.
0: Samantha, Dr. Samantha Beckett writing hookups that once went wrong. Okay. Like because my audience has heard this before, but one thing important is missing either parody or straight is episodic television. Yeah. There's either features or gonzo shit. There's very little – Overarching episodic,
1: I th- I think there's definitely a place for that, and I feel like there's so much more truly cinematic, well acted things that are coming out now, uh, which I I feel like is more realistic and definitely something I'm looking to get into.
0: Well, and I think part of that is we we're also seeing p- performers with longer careers now. Yeah, I mean, since I've been in, like, all, almost all the people I worked with back in the day are out. Okay. I've been out for years. Yeah. So as you're seeing people with longer, longer careers, there's more opportunity to make stuff that's episodic, make stuff that like has a legacy to it.
1: Right. And I I remember being surprised because when I left the industry in 2016, I remember kind of convincing myself, well, I'm getting older. You know, it, they probably won't want to see me after a while. I need something else with longevity. Um, and then when I came back in at 30 oh God, 37, 36, when I got back into the industry, it was all MILF stuff. So they did want to see me. And and there were so many people that I had known way back when that were still in it and killing it. So you're right, it's, especially with things like OnlyFans, there's kind of a market for everyone, even as you get older, even if you get pregnant, even it, like there's so many niche markets within it that pay.
0: I, I also recently found out like gilf porn is very big in Japan.
1: Fantastic, that's where I'll go. When I, I get older,
0: <laughs> when I was in Japan, I found out that like apparently, seventy and eighty year old woman because Japan's population is aging, yeah, is very popular.
1: Fantastic! I I will say some of my favorite porn is like the Japanese um, bus groping porn. I'm super into it. <laughs> like I would love to go over there and do that kind of porn, but I don't know if they let like Westerners do it.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure Melanie Marks was just doing stuff in Japan not too long ago. I, I've seen a bunch of stuff with japanese kanji on her timeline and that looked like she was in japan so
1: okay okay so that's encouraging i'll have to get in touch with her and see how she did it
0: yeah and i i may be able to get you indirectly in contact with someone like
1: okay sweet i porn is so much about who you know and just who you get in front of and who sees you and and uh yeah i would love that
0: (laughs) it it would be really weirdly indirect so at the time of recording on this Thursday, I'm dropping an episode with Jake Edelstein. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. He's the author of Tokyo Vice. Oh, cool! He's an American expat that wrote for Japan's largest newspaper for twelve years, covering like crime and vice. Yeah. So he has a bunch of context in that world in Japan, and I got to have him on the show in the most random fashion possible. Yeah. While I was in Japan in December.
1: That's amazing.
0: So we actually talked a lot about like sex work and porn in Japan while. It was on.
1: I bet that's fascinating too. I, I it's, uh, I'm sure everybody else has heard it, but is it? Oh, it drops this repressed- Thursday. Oh, it drops this Thursday. So it's it, it's kind of a more like sexually repressed culture. Is that essentially? Yes and
0: no. Okay. So for full service sex work, everything is legal except vaginal penetration.
1: Interesting.
0: And pornography doesn't fall under prostitution laws like it does here. Okay. It's just, you have to blow the genitals. That is it. Otherwise, it's perfectly legal to make porn.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: On the flip side, during COVID, like when the government was handing out money, they weren't handing it out to any sex workers, even though it's perfectly legal to do.
1: And they technically were considered workers or contractors. Okay. Yeah.
0: If you are doing full-service sex work and you break the law and have vaginal penetration, neither the worker nor the client can be charged. Only the brothel owner or a pimp can be charged.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, they're obviously doing vaginal penetration, right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, like behind closed doors. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sure. Everyone's like kind of winking at it.
0: Well, but anal's legal. It's just vaginal penetration.
1: That is it. Is it like a a reproduction thing?
0: It's one of those things. Jake didn't really have a good explanation for it. He's like, "There's two things that are true in Japan. This is how we've always done it, or this it's never been done. That's how Japan works." Okay. So this is just how we've always done it. It's just
1: it. tradition. Yeah. You don't fuck the pussy in Japan. On
0: Well, if you're paying for it. No, if you're, you're paying for it. If you're paying for it. You can definitely fuck the pussy. It's just pixelated. Yeah. From what I understand, what someone else anecdotally told me, uh, I met a comedian who does uh subtitling for porn in Japan. Oh, fun. I guess that's how he makes his living.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another connection.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. But he's like, the pixelation exists because America put pressure on Japan when you know, porn was actually illegal here. Yeah, to pixelate their pornography.
1: Oh, it's one of the most frustrating parts because I love so so many different kinds of Japanese porn, not necessarily like tentacle stuff or whatever, but I but I'm into a lot of it, and and the the pixelation definitely kills it for me, at least a little bit. Definitely brings down my girl boner.
0: Are you into Japanese girls, Japanese guys, both?
1: Um, no, I've never fetishized any race. I have no, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's always about like the person. Well, it's, it's,
0: I don't think it's that fetishization if you're like, I like that.
1: Sure. But I mean, but it's not the race itself that has ever appealed to me about a person. You know what I mean? It's it's about, um, usually the type of porn. So I find that in a lot of, um, Japanese porn, it's very like female submissive, male dominant or like male creepy. (laughs) And I, and I, that's what I masturbate to. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so it's more of that and that's getting harder and harder to find in american porn because of the credit card rules and consent stuff um when it comes to like if the girl is like looking like you know it's kind of tough for her or you know consensual non-consent or sleeping or you know those kind of kind of fetishes that i have
0: which some of the stuff that MasterCard implemented, like, I agree with. Like, the, you know, mandatory IDs and 22...
1: 22- oh, absolutely. That, I, yeah, I mean, reinforce the consent. Have the video consent. Yeah. Have the 2257s. But if everyone's agreeing to it and we're all adults and there are no children or animals involved, then, like, give me my porn.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the only animal involved should be, like, you know... Disgusting dudes, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say girls dressed up as cats. But I guess disgusting dudes.
0: Is... <laughs> no, no, no. I've seen that musical. It's traumatizing. I want no part of it. <laughs> Nothing would kill my erection faster.
1: Ugh, like a furry musical. Terrible, terribly written. Yeah, I don't.
0: I, honestly, I feel like we could do a porn parody of it, and it would be done better.
1: Probably. I I would die to do a musical porn parody. That would be my. I, I'm a musician. I sing. I did that in college. It's what I it's what I do otherwise. And I have been basically begging people to do a porn musical for me so I could be a, a Disney princess but sing about cock.
0: I'm pretty sure Leroy Myers did a couple of them while you were out.
1: Oh my gosh. He's so great too. I did um like a Guardians of the Galaxy parody with him. I did a Mel Brooks photo shoot parody and I was um, like Frankenstein's monster. And I had like the skull cat. It was not sexy. And it was so fucking hilarious. And the, the Strokemon Pokemon one, I was in that one too. But um, I loved their stuff. Just so funny and weird. It was great.
0: Uh, Seth and Leroy are the best. Like, yeah. it really bums me out that they, they moved to Vegas shortly before I left Vegas.
1: Oh, shoot. You just missed him. They're not shooting anymore, are they? I
0: honestly don't know. I know Leroy went up to Canada during the pandemic. I don't know if he's come back. I know Seth is still in Vegas. Oh, okay. There was a l- small window last year where I almost moved back to Vegas.
1: Yeah, it's where all the cool people are, you know.
0: Well, I was there for an opportunity that ended up not being so cool.
1: Oh, yikes.
0: Working for a mainstream musician, so.
1: Oh, it wasn't a cool opportunity?
0: Oh, it was until it wasn't. Fair. Like, there's a reason, like, I almost, you know, dropped everything and moved to Vegas, and then it lasted about a month, and... I was let go as I was running back to LA to get more of my stuff.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I, I yeah, I'm sorry to hear it.
0: I'm not because it could have been a lot worse. Right. I was 48 hours away from signing my lease in Vegas when I got let go. Wow! And thankfully, I didn't give my notice on this spot until like I was more confident that it was going to go forward.
2: Okay, good.
0: So I'd given my one month on this spot, got let go, and like immediately like, hit my landlord like, "Just kidding about that. <laughs> Just kidding."
1: Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, well, I mean, at least there's so much of the industry in Vegas. But, I mean, obviously, L.A. has so much, too.
0: For me, like, my my beef with Vegas is, like, it's a rough town to meet people in, like, away from the industry. Mm, Yeah. And and I also realized, after living there, living here, Vegas is America's wax museum. (laughs) How so? Okay, so uh, Vegas is the entertainment capital of the U.S., quote-unquote, right? Right. That's what they like to call themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: But you are not getting any... For the greater majority of entertainment in Vegas, you are not getting anything raw, experimental, anything like that. You are getting distilled, perfected, polished entertainment, music, comedy. All of it is all people are bringing their A game to Vegas,
1: and I love that. But you don't. It sounds like
0: I, I want comedy. I want to see comedians try new material. I want to see them, you know, possibly bomb. I want to see not like not to shame them for bombing, but taking risks. Sure. I want people like. It's just things like, you know, there's ultimate jam night sometimes at the Whiskey. You never know who's going to just pop up on stage and start jamming out. Like, mm. it's such a precise thing when people play Vegas. Right. There's never any, like, if you see someone's Vegas residency, if I see it on Tuesday and I see it on Wednesday, it's the same show.
1: It's the same. So there's no surprise there. There's nothing, yeah. Right. It, it, spontaneous.
0: It doesn't feel like true art. It feels like... You know, people are going through the motions for the paycheck for the art versus like, oh, hey, this band is warming up for their tour. They're going to play some small hole-in-the-wall venue in LA just to warm up before they go on tour. They may fuck up. They may you know their friends may jump on stage with them, or oh, hey, Dave Chappelle's taking over the 80 seat room at the Comedy Store with no notice. Yeah, like it's just the difference in the type of entertainment you get.
1: Sure, sure. I I feel like. The, the ideal is to be that polished and that skilled like Cirque du Soleil or you know what I mean like that level of talent and it takes so long to get there that it, it impresses me but I, I understand what you're saying oh
0: no it's definitely impressive and I'm I go to shows in Vegas like don't get me wrong but as my day-to-day like what I what I want to be around what I want to be inspired by is I want to see the work in progress I don't want to just See the finished product.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great place for that. I remember going to The Grove when I was younger. So I grew up in, in Long Beach, California. I remember going to The Grove, and it was a karaoke thing. And the people were incredible. And there was this one guy who came up, and he just, he was like Broadway incredible. And it just was something he did, you know, on a Saturday night or whatever.
0: It's crazy, like, the amount of just talent that's here. Right. And I, I think that's the other part of with art in Vegas is people either are well-established or attach themselves onto already an established act. Yeah. One of the things as a a working creator myself is like being surrounded by other people that are working towards succeeding in their own thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you probably interview a ton of people like that, I would imagine, right? I try to. Is that inspiring to be around?
0: It is. And it's also inspiring. Like, I moved here in 14 Mm -hmm. from Vegas. And... In that time, a lot of my friends have exponentially gotten more successful. Like there were bartenders and servers and shit like that when I first met them. And like one of my buddies was a series regular on like a Netflix show. I mean he's he's still tending bar, you know. He's still having a hustle like he you know, he was on one season, but that's still so much more success than like growing up in the Midwest that like I could ever imagine. Yeah. Like,
1: it's inspiring to be around that. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like, oh, hey, I might be delusional with what I'm trying to do with my life, but at least I'm around people where, like, it, I could see that it's a possibility. Versus like growing up in the Midwest, it's like fame was something detached. It's something you saw on television. It's life size, rich and famous. It was. It wasn't something that like anyone you know actually experiences
1: right and vegas is kind of that as well for you right so it's it's this is this peak level no one normal can achieve it you had to have had all of these things happen in exact precise line for it to make sense um so yeah that makes a lot of sense actually
0: and also at the time when i was living there all the industry folks that live there were all like older performers established families and stuff like that right. and i'm still a degenerate scumbag at times <laughs> like so self-aware <laughs> I, I i i know me i don't uh, I'm almost 42 years old. I think I would hopefully figured it out at this point. I'm glad. But it's just like, oh, I want to go out and go get ignorant. Oh, you, your kids are at home. I get it. Like, I, I don't want you to come home sticking drunk to your children. Like.
1: Right right and well and vegas is a dangerous place for that because i remember when i lived there before i would leave a bar and it would be light outside and you wouldn't even know you know it'd be six o'clock in the morning and now this time around i'm you know not drinking and sober so it's a little bit more calm even without kids in the family i'm still doing vegas a little bit differently this time
0: well, and the thing about it is actually vegas was pretty calm for me because i'm not all that prone like, to drinking alone
1: uh yeah
0: so like i want to go out and be social and stuff like that it's like oh, well, none of you can go out and be degenerates with me. Right. And I'm, you know, I had problems with meeting new people outside of the industry. Like the time I was there, I was also traveling a lot for my day job at the time. So like I was in and out of town and like, but it was just like, It just was never a great fit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad. Well, I'm glad this seems to be a good fit for you.
0: Yeah. So for the drowning in debt and all that fun shit, but
1: (laughs) it's. I mean, that's L. A. Not that it's expensive to live in L. A. What are you telling me? I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I considered. So I moved here from from Austin, as we talked about. And I and I considered L.A. or Vegas because those are kind of the two main hubs for work. I mean, Florida is too, but I don't want to live there. Um, so
0: you're way too fair skin for Florida. Come on,
1: I I would burn in a heartbeat. I'd just be like pouring sweat and burning. Um, and so I I did. You know, I considered moving back to L.A. because I've lived in L.A. before. I've lived in the Valley. I grew up in Long Beach, and I just. It's so spread out and it's so expensive, and I really liked Vegas, so I don't mind making the drive. I'm doing it twice this week too, <laughs> again.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, because I have I have a shoot here in L. A. The next day I have a shoot in Vegas. The next day I have a shoot in L. A. So I'm bookended, but I but I want the work, and so I'll I'll drive.
0: Thankfully, it's not that bad of a drive, assuming that it's not flooding in the mountains,
1: right? Or it's not crazy traffic. It's I think it's midweek, so it shouldn't be too tough.
0: It shouldn't be too bad. For the audience, I decided to do one day at AVN, drove in. I left here at 5.45 in the morning, drove in, did AVN all day, and then drove home that night. Oh my gosh. I got home at 5 a.m.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just get it done.
0: Yeah. I, I just got done. I stopped drinking like in the middle of the day. <laughs> here
1: you go. Did you have fun?
0: Uh, it, was, it was a good time. Like, it's good catching up with people. Like, good seeing some people I haven't seen in years. It was also like reminding some people, like, hey, I'm still alive, by the way. Like,
1: Yeah, just getting in front of people, that was such a huge part. Or taking all these kind of Twitter mutuals that you had and then putting a face. Twitter's felt warmer since I was done with AVN because you've met these people in person. They've seen you. It's like all of these kind of connections. It it turns into work, honestly. Like, it gets you work.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I was there. Like, that's why I was just like, I originally wasn't going to go. I started getting FOMO. And I'm like, I need editing work. I need like yeah. work. I probably should go remind some people out live. And like, hell, I think we've followed each other for a while and like we've never actually met in person. No,
1: no, I would have had you just would have been one other person that I follow. Right. And, or like, you know, a, another person with a podcast. You know what I mean? Like Well
0: I, I think it was the, the Suede stuff that we're
1: Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I thought, okay. All right, cool. I,
0: I mean like I was very much helping like last year helping Suede raise a bunch of money like
1: yeah, I never got super involved with that organization, but I love what they do. So I—I I mean, I knew you from like the name of this podcast because it was such a unique name. And then I remember seeing it. I think we followed each other at that point, and me thinking, "Well, that doesn't apply to me because I don't drink."
0: Right. So. Then just like, look. Yeah. at
1: us now. Yeah.
0: You're <laughs> like a quarter way through Diet Coke.
1: Diet. I'm trying not to burp on air.
0: I mean, someone might be into it.
1: I. Then they better pay me. I'm- Wait, have you heard of cakefarts.com? I have not. Oh, they don't exist anymore. But it was such a beautiful moment in internet history. You're Okay, check. You have to check for it. But it was beautiful women, beautifully shot, really bright, pretty white kind of colors or um, lighting. And then she would kind of dance in front of the camera. And then she would spread her ass, sit in like a sheet cake. <laughs> And then the camera would do a close up on her spread ass and she would fart, and the cake icing would go like at the camera. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. And I just, I love that the entire site was just that.
0: Someone is camping the URL.
1: <laughs> Damn it.
0: But Cake Farts with a Z is available.
1: Oh, thank God. <laughs> hey,
0: I bet that's only like 13 bucks. Could be yours
1: i can't i can't i know someone who stopped doing uh fart porn because like putting the air up her ass so much was like like fucking with her
0: Wait, it's not naturally flatulence oh my god
1: oh my god did i just give away the secret of the industry of the fart porn industry
0: they're gonna cancel you over this. you heard
1: it here first folks i'm gonna send you a text if you don't delete this one <laughs> you better put it on a t-shirt <laughs> right i don't care <laughs>
0: Put putting it on a t-shirt <laughs> how dare you out the fart porn community
1: i know i'm so sorry uh
0: actually gotta tell them a penetration doesn't actually happen
1: oh no <laughs> the penetration happens that's for sure there it does
0: oh my god
1: i know i know your virgin ears that's really tough i get it
0: i know it's like my we're talking about my virgin ears my virgin asshole like
1: yeah you have a lot of virgin parts
0: my ears are safe too like
1: okay okay you've never been ear fucked
0: i've never been ear fucked
1: I feel like I was as a joke once because I made that joke of never having done it. And so I think someone put their penis in my ear, but I can't remember, which is a I mean, I, thing to say.
0: I don't think they could get too far. I Hopefully they couldn't get too far no, in. No,
1: that's dangerous. Okay, so I had I had a, a girlfriend of mine. Um, she did webcamming for years, and she had a guy who was into Q-tips, speaking of putting things in her ear. So he would have her Q-tip or ears fully closed on camera, and he would pay her per minute And then he came back another time and said, well, will you put it in a little deeper? So it kind of hurts. And she said yes. She faked it, obviously, because that is dangerous. And then he came back again and asked her for a custom video, which she did for $500. She had her partner at the time tie her to a chair and then Q-tip her to death. And she bought fake blood. And she said it was the most fun she's ever had. And this guy got his custom video. Everything was consensual. And he got his Q-tip fetish fulfilled.
0: See, that sort of shit, like... I'm not here to kink shame anybody, but like, how did you discover that that's what you're into?
1: I love it. I think it's fascinating. I, you know, sometime during puberty, he was like q tipping his ear and something just clicked, maybe. Who knows? I mean, I've been into BDSM for as long as I can remember and I don't know where it came from. It's, I have no trauma. I have no moment you know um but i remember watching like disney movies and the princess got tied up and and feeling like oh i want that to happen to me even before i was like sexually mature i i wanted that so i it fascinates me to learn about people's kinks especially if they're really really specific that
0: that is a very specific one well and the thing about it is like kind of is mind-boggling because it's like i don't i couldn't imagine that comes from q-tipping his own ear because he could just do essentially that masturbation at home Right. right like who did he see like q tip themselves that like it turned him on?
1: Well and and obviously part of it is that it's it's something that's painful for the other person. So maybe he saw someone kind of go, Oh, ow, and and that that turned him on, or maybe he was q-tipping someone's ear and it went too far and then he had some sort of a moment sexually. I don't know. I don't know. I, but I love it.
0: Yeah, that's wild because like, I wouldn't ever think to be like, hey, babe, let me Q-tip you.
1: You know, and, and what's what's really nice about things like camming or custom videos and things like that is, is that you can't search that on Pornhub and get a bunch of videos. It's just so – it's just too specific and, and unique. So it is kind of nice that there is this service out there where you can pay somebody who isn't going to judge you, at least to your face. About what just you're, on podcasts, just I'm not judging it. Oh, I know, I know. I, I, I'm, yeah, like I'm kidding,
0: I kidding, kidding,
1: and we love you, Q-tip guy, wherever you are.
0: Come back, spend more money, <laughs> spend some inflation. It's a thousand now,
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, my friend Ginger Meadows is her name. She she just it was moments like that where she said, This is why she does this job because no, no day is the same as the one before it's not just masturbation it's you know the cheese slice guy who needs the american singles cheese slices all over girls naked bodies he was infamous in the in the camp community i
0: judged that guy for a taste in cheese
1: uh, me too at least gouda come on
0: no Brie. it's a nice creamy oh. oh you're a
1: genius that was great yes
0: it's on camera she said it
1: I I did I did there's proof Um, or the one the guy that wanted uh, women to cover themselves in marshmallow fluff but like their faces their hair it was like a tarp deal like you had to it was way too much work I never did it
0: it sounds like that dude fantasizes about shooting massive loads.
1: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Look at her. I, I smothered her in my load.
1: I I actually, you know, I've I've known about that guy for probably 10 years and that has never occurred to me. <laughs> so you you're uh helping me out here.
0: This is what I'm here to do. I, I have ideas. I, I don't always execute on them, but I have ideas.
1: This is fantastic. Yes. Thank you for seeing into the mind of, of
0: Mark Miller. Of weird perverts. Yes. <laughs> Not weird perverts, just perverts. Not just perverts. pervert
1: perverts. I've got weird shit too. We all yeah. do.
0: Uh, speaking of which, I had someone slide into my DMs asking me for a custom.
1: What did they ask for?
0: They just want No, they just wanted me to suck on someone's tits.
1: Oh. That's interesting. it. Was it a specific someone? Or no,
0: I'm like, who do you want? And they're like. Oh, I just want to see you suck on someone's tits. And I'm like, I I currently have them left on red because I just don't know what to do about it. Because like I'm not a sex worker. Yeah. I've never wanted it's like it feels weird to like ask one of my friends, like, hey, I know this is not what I do, but do you want to help me out here? Like dipping my toe? It's a it's a weird
1: uh, Would it bother you to have your face in something like that? No. Okay.
0: I have an AVN for best on sex performance. Well, mm-hmm. nomination.
1: Okay, okay. So. I didn't win, but... You were robbed.
0: I was. <laughs> I mean, I absolutely was. My roommate at the time voted on the AVNs, and I still didn't win.
1: Ugh, you had the one vote to win. Terrible.
0: But, like, if you think they're rigged, I don't know. One of the persons <laughs> that voted on the awards that year lived with me. Another person was on the podcast. Like, I had multiple people from the voting board in my direct influence. I did not win. <laughs>
1: there you go crazy crazy
0: yeah like i've been in front of camera like in non-sexuals multiple times
1: yeah so that part wouldn't bother you no
0: and that's been a weird thing for me in modern era it's like i have no moral qualms about being a performer at this point but it's been a decade plus of being like no that's not what i do sure so why would i start saying yes now
1: or why not say yes now
0: that that's the that's the
1: oh this is interesting
0: and uh, but it's also like I don't want like just be like hi friend can i just i know this isn't what i normally do but can i just suck on your tits for us getting paid
1: yeah yeah i don't know it is a really strange thing, especially now that people are doing kind of their own content with other people. It's not just you in front of a camera in your room or a professional studio where they're pairing you with somebody. Right. And you just kind of show up and you're like, I guess I'm having sex with you today. It is. It's it's touchy, right? Because you get I'll get DMs from from content creators. Specifically, male content creators. And I get that what you're asking is for us to have sex. I, I understand that. But if you do it that way, or if you're kind of um, super sexual about it, then it comes off as really unprofessional. Right. So you do have to have this kind of weird interaction of like, hello, madam, would you like to work with me on a collaboration? And, um, but it, yeah.
0: it, it adds in the additional layer to me is well, that's not what I do.
1: Right, yes, yes, yes. I was just going on it. I,
0: I no, no, no. I, I totally appreciate. It. Like, it's it's a weird. Like, at least I feel with you know, other professionals. Like, if like you are a studio male talent and like you are doing your own content, I feel like that comes across a little better potentially. Hopefully,
1: yeah. You know, you mean if somebody actually does do content and like yeah, the studio, yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: oh, hey, I've seen you work for Evil Angel. I've seen you work for like and like. Oh, you are doing your own site. Okay, it's okay that you are reaching out.
1: Right, right, and and there's there's a little bit more credibility there too. It's it's showing that you know your angles, that you can be professional on a set, that you know that you're not going to be kind of sleazy outside of it. Hopefully, you know? right. Um, but yeah, that's I that's why I think a lot of women ask for references at this point too. Of, you know, show me other people you've worked with that I can talk to to see that you're actually safe to shoot with.
0: And that's how it should be.
1: I think so too. Absolutely, because like,
0: there's not a whole crew there with you, like because. Right. On the studio's side, it's like, your talent and your co-star's being weird. Someone's going to do something about it.
1: And nobody is anymore. It's I, I heard I was out of the industry for this, but when Me Too happened, apparently on sets, that really tightened things up to the point where... It's, it's almost sweet or almost overcorrected because people are so concerned about my comfort. And I came from the kink world. So I'm used to being like tied up to the ceiling and hit with shit. And someone's like, are you okay sitting on this couch? Are you sure you're comfortable? I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> so I mean, I'd rather the overcorrection than people not care or feel uncomfortable um and I know that it went that direction really strongly after after that movement.
0: Oh, it really did. Like when I started PA, there was no like consentless as part of you like there was no pre-interview. And the companies that did post interviews, a lot of them were suspect. You know, I had girls being like, Yeah, I had to do a post interview, but I felt like I wasn't getting my check unless I said what they wanted me to hear. Right,
1: or I would never get hired again, or they would say something about me. Um, and I I came from mostly working with kink.com who had that from the beginning, or at least when I started shooting for them. So for me, it doesn't feel that different, but it sounds like the other companies really instituted these these consent policies. They did.
0: Like the fact that like on your twenty two fifty-seven paperwork on some of the companies I worked with, like your yeses and no's are in writing on
1: Right, or I've I've been I've shot for some companies in Florida. I think it was Reality Kings, who they want the entire talk about the yeses and nos on camera, um, and with your co performer, and you're having this conversation. They they want it recorded.
0: Yeah, that's all of Geeks.
1: Oh my, yeah, everybody, yeah. Because
0: I was working for Mind Geek last summer, and like, we, uh, I think it was Reality Kings and Trans Angels were like mm-hmm. the two brands that we were shooting under, and like, yeah, every day was. So I, the director would sit the well, the intimacy like the intimacy coordinator type job, or the director would sit them down and like camera, yeah, you, know, you two hash it out.
1: Yeah, and there was, and you're right, the intimacy coordinator. There was a female on set that they mentioned a couple times. If you need to talk to somebody, this woman is here for you for that. Which I think is kind of cool. I think a lot of people outside of the industry don't know that those sorts of things exist, and they exist because there were problems. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But at least we're here at this point, right? Right,
0: we've evolved. We've made it. <laughs> It's a, it's definitely a good thing, but it was like, I hadn't worked on a set in a couple of years at one point and it just came back on set and like, as the as the PA, I'm like, oh, here's your 22% paperwork. And then the director's like, uh, did you get them set up to do, I'm like, the wah well, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I got their bunny ears and I got you know, their paperwork. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Also this. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, I had another thing about that and I totally forgot it and I'm not even drinking.
0: But you're drinking Diet Coke. Mm-hmm all the chemicals are going to your brain i
1: guess so maybe i'm tired from avn week Jeez,
0: you're not bringing the rona in here are you
1: no i hope not and i was oh that was the thing i was going to say was that there are some companies too that that will print out your testing results you have to like log in and they'll print them out and then you'll sign them too which i like i thought that was kind of cool too so it's just these extra layers
0: from a company standpoint Honestly, they probably should have been doing it the whole time because it covers their ass.
1: Oh, 100%. It's, I understand it's liability for them. It's not necessarily concern ethically for anything else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. That's Whatever the reason is, I like that they're doing it. And yeah. I like that there's that. It
0: got the results done. Like
1: It's true. Yeah, absolutely. As long as whatever makes the performer safer and makes, you know, you feel more comfortable going to work, I think is great.
0: No, and you're going to get a better performance out of everybody involved if they're comfortable and happy to be there.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's such a huge part of it, and I, I, I do hear about um, that. There's there are a lot of performers that are just kind of like in it to make money and get out. You know, which that's fine. Make your make your money, but it does it does make me happy that just enjoying the sex part of it, or enjoying the exhibitionism, or that there is a crew there. Like I've always really liked that part
0: you're more into like the crew intently watching your scenes and
1: well no crew intently watches your scene because
0: they've
1: seen it all you know you'll you'll kind of glance up and see somebody texting as you're as you're getting fucked really hard um but just the idea that there are people there i like that and the whole production of it is really fun for me and just the day of it the doing dialogue the figuring out outfits all all of it's really fun to kind of just play
0: to play dress up for work
1: Yeah, exactly. You dress up like a slut for work. And then, you know, and then you have sex for a a living. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even when it's like a harder day, these VR shoots are really technical, really difficult with positions and you have to be kind of careful. But still, you just want I just want to make a good product, right? That like someone will watch and be excited about. Like that's that part is motivating for me when the other generally exciting stuff is maybe not as exciting (laughs) or you're doing the same position for 20 minutes, you know, stuff like that.
0: Like, Any time now are we going to switch Like,
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. It's always longer than you think. It's like eight in each position. And you're like, eight minutes is a really long time. I had one co-performer who put his iPhone to the side and had a timer, which was so smart. I haven't seen it since.
0: Was this on a a set or is this on look for content?
1: Oh, a set. No, content. We never time anything. content's great because you just get like 20 minutes of like hey let's just fuck and then and then people like that kind of raw it isn't super produced i think that's what sells
0: oh i know oh yeah <laughs> i end up ed- editing people's content like oh yeah i'm pretty sure my audience has heard me bitch about this a couple times but like one of my clients sent me uh, like a three iphone camera you know uh, threesome and on one of the parts of it it was just like one angle was just completely unusable the other two angles was thigh or <sighs> the third angle was flat white male talent ass.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah.
0: It's like what do you want me to do with this? <laughs>
1: How do you sell that? I mean, there has to be some awareness and that's the difference between, you know, you just having sex for fun and it and it being filmed or cuz there's some part of you or there should be some part in the back of your head that goes Where's the lighting? Where is the camera? Where am I opening up to? Like you do have to think about those things. Well,
0: and all three of these people are professionals. Like they're What? Yeah.
1: Really? That is very surprising to
0: Oh, me. I was very surprised by it too. Although yeah. was like what the fuck is happening here. Then
1: just fuck with the cameras off. Like you're not gonna be able to sell that. <laughs> you might as well just enjoy yourself. I
0: just trimmed that part and like really. Yeah, I just cut like I just to, Like a cross dissolve to like something else, like uh, yeah. that, but that whole sequence just goes away, yeah. I mean, it was like a 25 minute shoot, so I was just like, the three minutes of just bad pussy eating, it just what
1: like, okay, yeah. Just take it out. Okay. That's
0: my job as an editor. There
1: we go. <laughs> it was just like,
0: that is some flat white male talent ass, like cool.
1: That's never a good angle, no one really wants to see that. Oh, no, just head back of his head. Viewers want to see it, not if it's,
0: I don't know. I... Part of me is like, oh if I really want to embrace sex work, I'm sure I that's where I would be selling. I should really do some market research if I ever wanted to get into it, but
1: eh. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not your passion, it's not your passion. It's for some reason it like the whole thing is my passion. So, just being back in it, it's great.
0: What when did you discover it was your passion?
1: Um, well, I I grew up with like the idea that people who did porn were either um, like victims or or vapid or dumb or.
0: Whoa, that's not true.
1: <laughs> what? Oh my god, love it. Um, so I can tell I grew up in Southern California. Um, so it was really surprising once getting into kind of the webcam community how many people were very normal. And I was always very hypersexual. I think I have high testosterone. I've never had it checked. But like my sex drive, I, I feel like I'm like a 14-year-old boy inside of a 37-year-old woman's body.
0: <laughs> Aren't women supposed to peak around this age?
1: I guess so, but I've always kind of been this way.
0: Has it gotten worse?
1: Um, I mean, or better, depending on your perspective um i,
0: I haven't been a fourteen year old boy. I didn't get much done
1: <laughs> well i don't I don't know if it's worse. I feel much more calm and confident in my sexuality now than I ever did before. Um, I feel like i uh I'm in very much in control of my body and my life and who i fuck and and before it was just kind of this chaotic instant gratification thing <laughs> mess for my so, 20s.
0: So that you're definitely not a 14-year-old boy now then. No, like, no. 14-year-old yeah. <laughs> boy is like, oh, huh? sex could happen oh yeah it's on that pillow looked at me funny i'm gonna fuck it
1: (laughs) well i was always relatively discerning right so i i I was i was even though i had a lot of sex i was picky about who i had sex with um it it wasn't a way to escape it wasn't a way to get validation it was just because i liked fucking um and i like the adrenaline rush of sex right like of like especially on a set because you were strangers likely with this person 10 minutes ago and now you have their cock in your hand and you know that they are probably a good performer they probably have a good dick um and so and it's all being filmed so all of that just makes it really exciting i think and it's different than if it were just some random guy in a hotel room somewhere that just showed up that's not sexy to me for whatever reason so
0: i could imagine that there's a lot of variables to make that not sexy,
1: right? Exactly. It's 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 pretty quick to get the ick. Um, but within this industry and with professionals um, or like all of these like you know beautiful women who do content creation, it's it's a really exciting thing. And I've just yeah, I guess I've just always been hypersexual. I had a, a seven guy Brazilian gangbang in my early twenties before I was ever even in the industry.
0: What makes it a Brazilian gangbang?
1: Well. So I'll, I'll tell you the story. it was I was working at that restaurant, Lucille's, and there was a girl who worked there who was this beautiful Brazilian woman and she it was her birthday. So she and her husband had a bunch of their friends from Brazil come out to party with them. And I went to the bar with all of them, connected with one of the guys who was really funny and and uh, kind of interesting. We all went back to her house. She and her husband went to sleep, and that guy and I went up into the loft. He threw a condom on the bed and I was down. I think I was like 22 at the time. I didn't get into sex work until 25, and so I, I decided I absolutely wanted to have sex with him. Obviously, we we're being safe about it, and then one of the other Brazilian guys walked up into the loft, and I looked at him, and I looked at the other guy, and I went, okay, I've never done this before, but I've always wanted to. Like, multiple men is a fantasy of mine, um, and I feel good about this. I I've, They were both hot, <laughs> you know, and so I said, okay, all right, let's go. Come on in, right? And then another one, it was like a clown car of Brazilian men, just like up the stairs, up the stairs, up the stairs. And just, they all were so respectful. They were so sweet to me and just couldn't believe it was happening. And oh, you're so beautiful. And this is so great. And it was just this overwhelmingly positive, consensual, safe experience that I just, it was really wonderful. And it was, yeah, seven Brazilian guys. It's still the most I've had at once with men.
0: So what was the aftermath? Like after everyone finished, how did that break down?
1: So I don't really remember that part. What I do <laughs> what I do remember is because, I mean, it was so many years ago now. But um, what I do remember is I hooked up with two of them after, right, uh, separately. And one of them I went to his house and you could see like pictures of his girlfriend everywhere. And I went, oh, this, isn't, this isn't very hot. And then the one I had originally connected with, he and I – um hooked up and he stealthed me he took the condom off and i and i so i yelled at him which i don't get angry very often
0: yeah but that's something to get angry about i was
1: really upset i was really upset because i was like i trusted you with this really kind of crazy experience and then when we're alone you're gonna try something on me after we talked about how important you know testing and
0: well and just on top of it the fact that like He threw the condom down in the first place before it became like a gangbang.
1: Right. Yeah. He
0: didn't even like do the normal dude trick, like, oh, we don't need that.
1: Right. And I was always really, really Uh, particular about
0: protection. And that that justifies it. It just makes it a weirder situation.
1: Well, I, I wasn't expecting it. So it was it was so sneaky. It was done while he was in doggy and I like caught him. I like turned around and was like, where did it go? And he's like, Oh, I don't. Oops. So, anyway, that kind of soured it a little bit, but the actual gangbang itself was fantastic.
0: I I have never been involved in anything like that, so it's just the idea of, like, after everyone's, like, done this, like, good game? Like, like is it, like, two baseball teams, like, shake hands in the middle of the field and go their separate ways? I just.
1: Everyone pats each other's asses as they walk out.
0: Yeah, because, uh, like, I understand how that ends on a set, like, when someone calls cut. As a, yeah, like, a, a all natural one, it's, like, that. it seems like it would be a, a different ending. Like, especially if, like, these dudes had not seen each other's cocks or the fact that, like, Seven dudes that are all friends with each other were able to get it up and keep it up.
1: True, that's a really good point. It wasn't even something because I hadn't been in porn, so it wasn't something I was even considering. It just went well. It was like naturally great.
0: Yeah, because like there could be there's a lot of room for failure there.
1: Tons. And I and I've seen that on, on sets where it's like once you start introducing multiple men, it people get in their heads a little bit, they get a little um competitive, friendly competitive too. I've heard about guys you know, being in a swap scene and, and the one guy will pick up the girl. And so the other one's like, Oh, I'll pick up this one. <laughs> you know, they get a little bit a uh, little bit competitive. So
0: yeah, that that's just a wild experience. It? Yeah,
1: it was great. And so just my my kind of journey in sex work has been a lot of fantasy fulfillment within a professional safe environment. It's especially with the kink stuff. I've done Crazy, like waterboarding and hit with a two by four and a, used a cattle prod. Like I've done all these crazy things that I would have never done. In just a a normal setting, but since I felt safe with the director and safe with the other performer, like it was just such a a fun thing to just see how far I can take something.
0: How far, how much of that has come into your real life, into your real sex life?
1: So for a long time, I was super into BDSM in my personal life and it was fine. I think now that I've tried most everything, um, it doesn't excite me in the same way. It's more fun for me to introduce other people to it um so uh i i like a lot of adrenaline i like really aggressive rough sex and so when you have that kind of connection with somebody um for work or otherwise it's really exciting but i don't need i don't i don't need to be like hit with a bunch of shit anymore or you know what i mean it doesn't
0: have to look like an extreme wrestling match when it you're done
1: doesn't, it doesn't and i also i can't get marked for shoots like if you show up for a shoot and you're all bruised or whatever like you'll, they'll send you home so it's, and it's honestly, as I get older, it's it's harder and harder to find men who can dominate me. So I, I end up on these sets as a MILF with 20-year-olds, um, which is very funny to me because they're so young looking and I have to kind of get past that in my head a little bit. Um, so it's not, there aren't a lot of people dominating me in, in sex or in kind of like my personal life. So when I get it, it's cool and it's fun, but it just doesn't hold the same thrill as it used to because everything was new.
0: So are you kind of bored in your personal sex life?
1: No, I, I'm being really careful. I'm not like having sex outside of the industry right now. So I'm like... Why not? Of, I'm kind of recently single.
0: Well, that's a good life. reason.
1: As of as of three months ago or so. And I just, I don't want to deal with men outside of the industry. Because if I have performer, male performer friends, I know they're great at sex. I know we have a good connection. Um, I can just kind of like bang it out and not have to worry about... You know, whether they're gonna push back on protection, whether they're going to be weird or creepy about my industry. Um, I don't have to worry about testing all of those kind of things. It's just and I don't want to date. I have no interest in that. So it just seems like the perfect my personal sex life is is great and I can have sex when I want it, but I just I just stick with the performers in the industry. Hey,
0: there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's an interesting thing because a lot of you know, I talk to a lot of performers where they do want to date and it is a lonely can be potentially a lonely place to be a performer. Yeah. And you're just like, no, nah, no, nah, fuck that. I'm getting the best of it. And
1: well, I, I I've now been in three separate relationships while in the industry at certain times. And two of them, there were issues because of performing, right? There were I left the industry because the guy I was with was kind of uncomfortable and I could feel it. So, so that already didn't work out. I dated another guy who was a performer, but just, you know, like independent sometimes. And then the fact that I did so much work kind of reminded him that he wasn't doing as much. So that's hard too, you know? And so no matter what, if you're in this industry specifically too, it complicates things when you're in a relationship. And so I just don't at this point want the complications. I don't want to be held back when I have the second chance at a career that I thought I would never have again.
0: And it sucks that like someone made you choose them or your career in the first place.
1: Well, they—I mean, to his credit, he never did. He never asked me to leave. It was just me doing less and less because I was worried about him being uncomfortable. And so I have now adjusted in my life to the point where like I won't do less because of someone else's comfort. You shouldn't. I, yeah, absolutely. And I'm and I'm feeling great.
0: <laughs> well, it's what I say to people like when they were talking about wine to date performers all the time is like. If you met someone and they're a performer when you met them, you have no right whatsoever to try to change that.
1: It all seems like so much fun until you catch feelings. And then there's so much jealousy and there's so many kind of weird boundary things and there's a lot of trust involved there's a lot of communication that has to happen it's complicated
0: well yeah but there should be trust and communication in any fucking relationship
1: absolutely (laughs) i mean but you're adding in and, and i think it's really hard especially for men to understand that especially as women when you work in pro stuff you're not picking your scene partner you're going home at the end of the day. The only part that's actual sex is 45 minutes at the end of a six hour day, you know? And so,
0: and it's not sexy. Like a lot of times it is not sexy.
1: Yeah. You, I mean, you want it to be, but it does, it does feel like work and and it is sex and it is a connection that you're having with another person, but it, it's like a fun high five bro kind of connection and so i think a lot of men are like well if you're getting to have sex then i should be able to get to have sex and i'm and it's not that we're getting to have sex i'm not finding like the hot guy at the bar right and banging it out alone in a room where i don't have to think about my angles (laughs) you know it is a job
0: well the way i often play to people is like would you be upset if your partner went and got a massage yeah well no why would it well like then, why do you care that they're having sex with someone else on film? Like, yeah, it's there. Yes, there is some physical gratification to it, but it's about as meaningful as that massage is.
1: Right. And I and I still think it's really wonderful to have, like, and it's harder sometimes on pro sets because, y- you know, you're not doing missionary, like, with your faces together. <laughs> you're doing it with the guy kind of farther away, but you are having this fun connection. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think it just maybe feels threatening to some people, which is fine. And then don't date a performer
0: agreed agreed my my thought is it's like they're coming home to me at the end of the day like
1: yeah and and for me because i don't i don't get emotionally attached through sex i get emotionally attached through other forms of intimacy those are the things that matter right it's the oh, it's yeah. the cuddling it's the hand holding it's the going through hard times together it's meeting each other's families it's working through relationship problems that's true intimacy like a penis in my vagina is just like a day at work well and it's fun but you know
0: And it's like, especially for most guys, it's like your penis has definitely been in some people that you gave zero fucks about.
1: Right, exactly, exactly.
0: Like I definitely have had sex with people that I could not recall their names to save my life. You could put a gun to my head and be like, I fucked that person? Like, and <laughs> I've never been a performer. Like,
1: Yeah, it was like a, an AVN week. We were on the expo floor and I would be like, God, that guy looks familiar. And then I would see his name tag and go, oh my God, I fucked him. Like because it's that many right. you know, people, which is hot to me because I like being a slut. But – but it and it doesn't make them like less of a valuable person or me less of a valuable person it just means that like our connection was kind of fleeting and it was work related right it,
0: it was fine it was like this is my coworker like i'm sure it was great yeah we we don't stare a cubicle like we <laughs> we we met in an office meeting once like we we basically you know we're at an office party once and like you know, met each other like the, the right, it like
1: we worked on a project together right. or for a day that's that's what it is yeah um, and everyone's different, and it's cool to experience other people. I think that's fine, but that's not what true intimacy is.
0: No, it really shouldn't be. And, like, you're in the wrong indus- industry if you get intimately connected via sex. Like, right. Like, this isn't the place for you.
1: Yeah, there's. Um, I actually did a TikTok on it, and uh, it was a story that I heard from a male performer where he – you know, met her on set. They had sex and she burst into tears at the end of it. And he was so concerned. And, you know, did I say something? Did I do something? And she said through tears, I just, I like you so much. This sweet baby angel just got dicked down so good that... <laughs> well, she's in the wrong industry, right? If well,
0: you're... but she also may have had a crush on him before they ever worked together. She sure, may have been a...
1: maybe. Who knows? But that's not... This is not the the place for... I mean, bless her heart, but there there are so many people, I think, who don't understand sex work because they have that, whatever that is, that hormone release that bonds you to somebody after sex, and and so they can't understand that I... I've heard people say like, "Oh, like people in porn aren't all in love with each other." Like, no. <laughs> no, but we're buddies. Like we're cool.
0: Sometimes.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I definitely know some people that are like kind of neutral with some of their like they're not on the no list, but it's just like,
1: "Eh, they're there. I, That's how like a lot of where I'm like, "Oh, it's that cool. That's a cool person." Like, sure I'd work with them.
0: Yeah, but it's not like you're not going to – you're like, we're not going to Chili's after this to go get a meal.
1: Right. Or like maybe I wouldn't fuck them off camera like in my personal – life, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but like that was cool and like you did your job well and I feel like I did my job well and we connected nicely and we did a good scene. And I think that's like the – like that's pretty nice. Yeah, know. good game. Good game, coach. You slap the butts. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and maybe I'm just an outlier but just like I feel like almost every dude is hooked up with one or multiple people over the course of their adult life where it fucking meant nothing. And just yeah, like the fact that there's that disconnect and they can't wrap their brain around like, Oh, Hey, the other human being you're involved with can do the same thing.
1: Or that women can do it. I well,
0: think the, the, yeah. the other person you're involved with is,
1: well, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. The, the, uh, and, and that's, I would assume the majority of the women in the adult industry is that we can have this connection and it might be fun or it might not be fun for some women. I assume some are just there to grab a paycheck and, you know, and, and do a performance and leave.
0: But that's every job on the planet. There's
1: there's that too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, in any, any job, there are people that are, well, some jobs I'm sure there no one's passionate about it. But like most jobs, I'd hope that there's some people that are there because this is what they're passionate about. Like this is what they want to do with their lives. And then there's some people like, I just want a fucking paycheck. Yeah. And that's every fucking job. That's
1: a really good point. I I think people get really offended by that. when women are that way. And I I think it would be kind of hard to show up on a set and have somebody just completely cut off from you because you have to do this intimate act. I think that's where the issue is is that if someone's treating you that way as like another human and you're just kind of like a number in a machine to them, which I have to give credit a lot. I think every director I've worked with has treated me like with respect and as a human <laughs> and and i think that's hard to do when you're doing you're shooting multiple scenes a day and you're doing the same thing day in and day out and so i i give a lot of credit to the people that make me feel comfortable because it it's it's very easy to be like okay go through the motions touch the dick do this thank you get out you know um and and they don't
0: i feel like any director who was like that this is going to last a lifetime because
1: hopefully yeah
0: at some point people aren't going to want to work with them
1: yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be, I mean, it is a job and you can walk away from it being like, that was cool. High fives. But you also, yeah, you want some respect too, just to be treated like.
0: Like a person? Oh my God. Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> there are people on these sets.
1: Exactly.
0: Not just masturbatory fantasies come to life.
1: Exactly. I mean, I can be that too a little bit, but.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's fun to may, play make believe. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I mean, yeah, it's it's the same thing as the BDSM thing. It's like, oh, I want to be submissive, but I don't want you to actually see me as less than. Right. Like, it's all a fantasy.
0: We're, we're going to play a game. This is going to be fun. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm going to you know, touch you nicely and be like, are you okay?
1: Yeah. And
0: not just spit on you and be like, get yourself out of your bonds. Have a good life.
1: Exactly. And and I, I feel like so much of the industry is just so genuinely caring about people's comfort especially women's comfort so it's nice.
0: That is one of the nice things about the industry is like this is one of the few industries where like women really do call a lot of the shots. Oh yeah. You, as a dude, you could find yourself completely out of work real fast if you're a piece of shit.
1: That and when you're when you're on set, I feel like the woman kind of dictates how touchy things are outside of the on camera stuff too because people have different relationship rules. I've felt it when a guy probably is in a relationship where they don't allow things so i i know that but typically i feel like if the woman is extra touchy then that gives the guy permission to be touchy um and there are some now that i'm single there are definitely more sets where like i'm i'm touchier off camera but it's the woman dictates it you can tell oh yeah because the guy will get in trouble if he does if he's too touchy or aggressive off camera
0: yeah he will at bare minimum end up on a bunch of no lists and like this has been a topic here plenty of times is this is fucking the 13th grade. Everyone fucking talks. Everyone <laughs> gossips. And if you're like, oh, that dude was weird, oh, everyone will talk about it.
1: Especially the women. All of the women I run into, is like in LA in particular too, like there's a model house that we stay at. Everyone talks about the people that they've shot with and they'll they'll say oh this guy is this way or this set was this way and if something happens on one set it spreads like wildfire it is a tiny community so if you aren't professional um or if you uh, disrespect somebody or if you're kind of shitty about something off camera like everyone will know yeah
0: yeah And as a female side, all you really have to worry about is offending directors.
1: (laughs) Right, 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 exactly. Well, or being just really difficult to work with. It's why, I mean, honestly, my sobriety has been such a blessing in this. Not that before I ever showed up to to work hungover or anything like that, but it is really nice not to have to worry about it. Um, And if you're just punctual and professional and excited to be there, that's already like 80% of the work.
0: Just remotely polite to the career like
1: oh god of course that that's always interesting too i feel like that's really telling if someone has an ego with you know the people that are helping them out i'm always it's it's such a treat to be like oh i just get baby wipes whenever i need them this is so nice
0: <laughs> like what kind of lube do i get like i get to choose my lube
1: Ooh. it's such a fun a fun thing and and i feel like there's so many women who enter the industry now at like 18 or so who haven't had a job before. And the idea that you could be making a thousand dollars in four hours is absurd like that's insane but i think if you haven't had a nine-to-five job and had a paycheck where you worked much harder for way less money I, I i don't think there's a lot of appreciation so it's nice when you get people on set who kind of get that and some of the young girls do but
0: i i've at least found as a pa like occasionally you know i've dealt with people that were quote difficult and like They've never been difficult with me. Like, I, Oh,
1: that's good, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's just like, hey. Like, I just like, hey, you want a water? Like, just to start off with. And like, most people are pretty cool. Like, good. It's like, I don't know what other people have done to set these people off. Maybe they're having a bad day. Because, oh my God, you're human. And people sometimes show up to work having a bad day. Sure it happens.
1: Yeah, I'm well, I'm glad you haven't had bad experiences. I haven't dealt with a lot of egos on set. I've never had anybody yelling on set, which is nice too. Like there's never been that. And at the end of the day, it's just porn. Yeah. Like no one's winning academy awards. We're all just having a good time. We're fucking. Like let's let's chill out a little bit, <laughs> you
0: right. know. I will say this to the day I die. Every porn crew just wants to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to make your life as easy as possible yeah. so we can go home.
1: Right, And and that that is nice when it's a well-oiled machine, well, lubed machine, I guess. Um, and you have like, okay, here's what we're doing. Here are the positions. Let's have as much momentum as possible so that we can just get it all done in one shot and we don't have to stop a bunch of times. And we know you guys want to go home. Like, we do too <laughs> at, at some point. Yeah,
0: like, no. Anyone who's a professional in this industry just does not want to be on set any longer than they have to be.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's a fun day for sure, but they do, they can get kind of long. I remember I was doing one scene and I was looking up into the lights and I accidentally made eye contact with a boom operator and it was like the most awkward moment. Where it just, I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. And I didn't mean to look directly into your eyes as I'm uh, getting fucked. He was cool.
0: I Maybe mean, he's like, She's trying to have a moment. With me? What's happening here?
1: He was very gay.
0: <laughs> well, that makes it even weirder. Like it was. Does, does she know I'm gay? Like, what is she trying to do here? Like, <laughs> it was pretty obvious.
1: <laughs> it was just a just a weird, a weird moment. I always feel like when when you're doing all the sexy stuff, uh, and and you get the director to kind of be like, Oh, I just felt something in my pants a little bit. It feels like a win to me because they see this day in and day out. Oh,
0: yeah, in. like You have to do something extraordinary for any crew member to be remotely around.
1: Remotely turned on. Yeah.
0: How the sausage is made is pretty unsexy at times.
1: I, yeah, it definitely can get or it's just kind of the same every day. you're seeing the same positions, the same noises, the same and so that's why for me, it's so nice when I have like a genuine connection with a person that I'm fucking that day. like and there's been times i've I've had situations where I've shown up on set and been like, eh, like I'm maybe I'm not like super attracted to this person and then we start having sex and the chemistry is insane. you know, I've had that happen where it's like surprise good day, <laughs> you know
0: like oh shit the psycho can fuck
1: yeah exactly exactly so it's it's a really exciting life i i just love it
0: it's fucking awesome like oh my god you're enamored with what you do for a living how few people actually get to say that
1: i i do have a girlfriend of mine we've known each other since we were seven and she when i left the industry and came back she told me she said you know back when you were in it i i would tell people that like I've never seen anybody as excited about their job as you are and it was something special so um I, I know I could I have my choice of things to do with my life and I could have picked something more prestigious or you know, I mean, my mom hates that I do this for a living. We don't talk anymore because she's a lawyer and because this was not the direction I was supposed to go.
0: Were you supposed to be a lawyer?
1: No, no. I mean, something with my music, I'm sure, um, which this could help anyway when I get that porn parody musical, I'm telling you.
0: I are um, just putting it together yourself?
1: <laughs> there you go. I should do that. But um, I am just so happy doing it. It's so fulfilling for me. And I just like pinch myself every day that i get to do this and people want to pay to watch it's it's fucking wild right it's great it's
0: like oh my god i get to do what i want for a living people are ecstatic about my work
1: and they just give you compliments all day the whole thing is just ego gratification all of the time it is fucking insane and i'm such an exhibitionist i can't hold on to anything I, like i'll take a picture and i'll be like somebody look look Masturbate to it.
0: <laughs> Do you ever get numb to like all the ego being fed? Uh,
1: no, because I because I was uh, like bullied a little bit in like middle school and stuff too. So like I never felt like I was super pretty, and so
0: or were they just bullying you about your looks or?
1: Um, not necessarily. I was kind of a smart kid, and so I got you
0: were, you were smart. What I happened? Know, I
1: know it's all downhill. <laughs> Omg. Um. So I, I got kind of uh, like a lot of shit just for being smart or – and I was never – one. I was like a choir kid nerd, right? Like I was never one of the popular kids. So I remember um I read a, a book and I can't remember what it was, but in the book there was this moment where a woman was, was putting gas into her car and she was described as like even that was sexual. Like she was just like – she embodied this like sexual energy and I just always wanted to be that. And so as – as I'm getting older, as I'm getting more comfortable with my body, as I'm feeling better and better about myself, I feel like I am like becoming this kind of fuck doll figure that I've always aspired to be. So I don't, I don't get tired of it. I I just, I can't believe that people want to see me and will pay money for it. I, I'm just grateful every day. Like it just feels good every single time I see a tweet, every single time I get a new subscriber, every single time like someone wants to see me on one of these sites. I just didn't think I could ever do this again for a living and it's going better than I ever expected.
0: Do you feel this run is going much better than the first run?
1: I think so. There I mean there are some things that I haven't kind of reached. You know, I, I had a, a good Twitter following before and I I sold my Twitter and so I had to build that back up again. So I haven't gotten back to that. Um, but in the sense of like mainstream work, I've done a lot more of that, a lot more pro scenes. Um, it feels like it feels like the sky's the limit now with it. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with how focused I am and how how strong my work ethic is now i think i fell into success a little bit before just because i loved it and this time i'm being really intentional about my branding about my next steps and about how big i want to go why are you here (laughs) because you got me diet coke yes (laughs) you did it
0: like ran into a convention i'll get you diet coke please show up
1: please please please. (laughs) happy to be here
0: well and your your story there reminds me of what I always say about this industry. This is the island of misfit toys. Mm. Like this whole industry, this isn't where the popular kids. This isn't where the jocks generally end up. This isn't where like you know your prom queen ends up. It's like oh, I was a nerd. I was a music dork. I would like I played D anD D with a bunch of performers. Like yeah, on the regular. Like,
1: yeah,
0: this is just where you know. The sexualized misfits end up.
1: Right. And I, I was so, so, so hypersexual. Like I just, I I didn't I didn't even do as well in school as I could have because I had a crush in every single class. I was thinking about like boys and some girls all the time. And so it's just, it's the perfect industry for me to end up in because at least I can monetize it now.
0: So do you find yourself having crushes all the time now?
1: No, not really. Just because I've had so much sex. <laughs> so it, it takes a lot. It takes... Um, It takes a lot of um, somebody different, somebody intelligent. That that really gets me. It's not
0: just... There's intelligent people in this industry. I promise you.
1: No, there are a lot of them. It's just it takes a lot um, to catch my attention more so than just talking.
0: Well, obviously, like...
1: Yeah. I mean, but people, I mean, people think all the time, it's funny to me on social media, it'll be somebody with no avatar. That's like, well, I'd go on a date with you. Well, I'm not hurting for that. Right. <laughs> I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> you know, hey bro,
0: what do you have to offer?
1: I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not desperate for anything. And, and, uh, yeah, when it comes to anything, that's a connection more than just sex. It's I, like, I have such a laundry list of things that I just won't, I won't settle for.
0: Well, and you shouldn't. You're not desperate, so no, no. <laughs> well, and that—that's what always boggles my mind when like people go, "Well, I'm a nice guy. Why is no one dating me?" Like, bro, what do you have to offer the world?
2: Yeah,
0: like, what are you potentially offering to a partner to anyone? Like, anyone can be fucking nice. That's the baseline.
1: That should be the baseline. And if you're saying it, you might not be so nice, or you're expecting something in return. And I feel like women, at least who. Are confident and know themselves. We can we can smell that a mile away. We can smell the desperation a mile away. It's not sexy. <laughs>
0: okay, just checking. Just checking.
1: I think that yeah, that that smell is something different than desperation.
0: <laughs> I took a shower before you got you're here.
1: Fine, I have a terrible sense of smell, so you're actually in the clear.
0: Well, either way, I specifically took a shower before you got <laughs> I here. I, I use soap and everything.
1: <laughs> well, I took a shower after I did my uh, lesbian collab earlier today. So. Well, that's a shame. I know. Well, yeah, exactly. I just but it's not
0: smell o vision. It's fine.
1: Reeking of pussy.
0: <laughs> show's over. <laughs> didn't, show up to re- snow show.
1: Didn't, didn't show sniff show.
0: Didn't show reeking of pussy. Like, well, I could have at least described it. Like, <laughs> if you shows up, tart. It's tart,
1: <laughs> Notes of persimmon. Is that? <laughs>
0: There was a slight hint of vanilla on my top. I don't know. It was
1: fun. I had a good time.
0: I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Glad you're having a good time with it. Shit. The best. Life is too fucking short to not try to have a good time. Like, yes, we all have to, like, occasionally do some work and do some things that we aren't in love with. But the pursuit to, should be to try to do stuff that you do love, that you are passionate about. Yeah.
1: Is that why you've been doing this for so long?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't fucking... Like, my my all... Besides, like, wanting to make film, like... At the end of the day, I want to do something I... Do. My my goal for my life is really simple. I just want to do something I don't hate. I've had so many jobs that I've hated over my, the course of my life. Like, I just... I There are definitely, like, any other job. There are days where I wake up and I'm like, fuck yeah, this is going to be a fun show. I'm going to have a blast with this. There are other times where it's just like, well... Due to social obligations with well, a publicist or friends of friends, I'm gonna just do the show and push through. I'm gonna and or I'm hung over or <laughs> <laughs> exhausted or you know, a myriad of other human conditions why I like I am not one hundred percent in the game, but I'm gonna do my job to the best of my ability. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I do I do. Really do overall. It's a
1: pretty cool gig, right? Yeah, it's what a lot of people would love to be able to do. I mean, there are a million podcasts, right? Like, uh, you know, people. Oh, remind me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, but but most of them. What is the statistic? I I don't know what it is, but it's like eighty percent never get past episode three or something.
0: Uh, So uh, there are roughly four hundred or four million podcasts on Apple podcasts
1: that many people think they're interesting that people want to listen to them
0: there's something like <laughs> 200 000 of them that have put out an episode in the last six months
1: okay yep
0: i i produce for other people too as, as part of you know, what i do for a living i have a very canned speech for new clients mm-hmm. which is here if you want to be a podcaster now, no matter what you think of joe rogan Like, no matter what you think of his content, The Joe Rogan Experience is a massive show, right?
1: Of course, yeah, it's huge.
0: Joe Rogan, before all of that, was on two sitcoms. The Voice of the UFC, a nationally touring comic. Fear Factor. The host of Fear Factor.
1: That's the most important one.
0: All of these things. It took eight years for The Joe Rogan Experience to be a big show, with all that fame behind it.
1: Really? Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, the Jerry is 12 or 13 years old at this point. So not only is he in on... the ground floor of podcast when it was
1: new and exciting and not everybody was doing it right so that was a plus and
0: a lot of fame behind it and a lot of money to do it right yeah and it still took nearly a decade and
1: a really specific voice too you know i mean he had he yeah absolutely and i I feel like that's that's related to kind of only fans too because there are so many women who are like well i'm hot maybe i'll just show my feet and i think the average income on OnlyFans is $160 a month.
0: Well, and I actually make the podcast to OnlyFans comparison all the time because mm. it's one of those things where like, yes, you can do it. Yes, the barrier of entry is really fucking low on both of them. True. How do you stand out from the noise? It's so Right. And neither one of them have great discoverability.
1: And, well, oh yeah, that's true. It's like you have to create your own market outside of it because OnlyFans won't market for you. So you already, you have to do that work and, yeah and and it's just i think the main thing especially for OnlyFans, is consistency and so if you're not posting every day or close to every day like I've, I've had at least one to two mostly two posts a day for over a year now and i just and you just have to you have to really love it you have to really want to sell yourself <laughs> you know as a brand
0: podcasting is the exact same way same. like if you don't have at least a weekly episode and then coming out ab- about the same time every week yeah. You will never gain traction.
1: Yeah. Well, people want to be able to rely on their entertainment.
0: Well, and on top of it, especially with podcasting, people only have so much time in the day to listen to podcasts. Why are they going to choose your podcast?
1: Right. And there are a million women on OnlyFans with fantastic tits. Why are they picking yours? It's, it's the girls who come in who say, I want to just show my feet. I don't want to show my face. But you don't have anything behind it. You don't have a brand. You don't have any. Why would they be interested in your toes?
0: Right. Unless you're the hot bartender that a bunch of people are lusting after, right? More power to you if, like, you are able to niche out a living on. Oh, hey, a bunch of people know who I am and like locally want to masturbate to me. Cool.
1: Great. No, and and I love that people are able to do it. I love that you know all different types of people, all different body types, all different fetishes. That you don't have to have a mainstream company saying this will sell. I love that all of that can exist. But I I think it is a little bit funny when when people just assume it's easy.
0: That's part of like back to me being like, I've never been a performer. I don't know why to be a performer. I definitely don't want to like put my dick on the internet for $160 a month. Yeah. Because I have to be
1: worth it. Right. I I wouldn't do this for free. Absolutely not.
0: On the podcast that I just did that I'm not airing. I'm like, oh yeah. If someone would offer me life-changing money to suck their dick, I'd suck their dick. No one would be satisfied in the situation, but I'd do it. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to suck a dick. Like it would be really unenthusiastic but I'd do it for the paycheck. If it's going to be life-changing money, yeah. Sure. But I'm not doing it for $160.
1: Right. And and the thing is, especially with that social stigma, you don't necessarily care about your face being out there because you've been within the industry. But if if someone, especially with camming, this was a big thing. It's like if you're going to show your face on camera and potentially alter your life trajectory because you've now done sex work, it better be worth the money. And that's really hard for people, especially now because it's so saturated with camming, with OnlyFans. It is hard to make that leap and make it worth it. But that consistency part's huge. You have to be out on social media um, and create a following through that, too. It's it's really difficult these days. I'm glad I'm, I didn't have to completely start over. Luckily, people remembered at least some of me.
0: Right. <laughs> so. I've seen those feet before.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. I had new tits, though, So and new tattoos. But otherwise I would oh care. no
0: new tits and new tattoos such horrible things
1: <laughs> it's terrible i mean it didn't hurt with people recognizing me so i guess it's fine
0: it's not like you got jennifer gray's nose job
1: i did actually have a nose job and before it people called me barbara streisand so but that was before sex work i don't think it was that big it just i didn't like it so i changed it
0: hey whatever makes you happy it's your body
1: oh absolutely i'm just like turning into like the fuck doll i always wanted to be isn't that sweet
0: it is it's, oh, it's no. heartwarming
1: oh thanks it's cockwarming warming.
0: <laughs> Not at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> sorry to disappoint you. Oh, sorry. No,
1: I just want I just want like uh plays on words that are dirty.
0: I, I know I know what you're doing. <laughs> just bring me back down to earth a little bit.
1: Just... Mm. Uh, that my puns aren't very funny. Or that oh,
0: oh no, no. That's really
1: what it is. I don't actually care if it's turning anyone on. I just want the, the word play.
0: <laughs> you want the mental stimulation, that's what you're here for, I guess. I
1: do it. I told you intelligence is a thing. I don't know if that that plays to it, but you know.
0: Once again, why are you here?
1: I, fair, fair.
0: And the Diet Coke's halfway gone, so like the show's almost over. I right know.
1: I get well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the <clears throat> caffeine, the caffeine is is surging through me. I can feel it.
0: So Peter says, as soon as the bottle's gone, I'm out.
1: <laughs> well, you haven't gotten too drunk, so.
0: But, yeah, because I killed the bottle early. Oh, there's a little left.
1: There is a little bit left. Come on. I was always I was always the enabler of my friends. Anyway. Oh,
0: I did much of the same. I'm like, I'm like
1: come on, guys, shots, let's go.
0: When I when I do the show, I'm I'm very big on like, oh, this is a self-server show, but like I'm not gonna stop you.
1: Right. Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah, because people I assume get more comfortable the more they drink and
0: That is part of the secret to the sauce. That's why it is a two-hour show, because you need the first hour to metabolize the alcohol. Oh.
1: <laughs> and then by the end of it, just all of the secrets are pouring out. Mm-hmm. Well, good thing I'm an open book then, because you don't have to like tease anything out of me.
0: Yeah. I, I very much don't have to pry anything out of you, like <laughs> And but sometimes that's I don't want to like make anyone uncomfortable. But sometimes that's kind of fun being like, so come on, tell me, tell me, tell like,
1: sure. share share with me.
0: I I want to know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's at least this topic is just generally entertaining. I feel like for a lot of people, it's just. It's I hope so. In general,
0: I fucking hope so. Like, yeah,
1: oh god, let's cross our fingers.
0: If it's not entertaining, they've already clicked off, and like we're just talking to the internet <laughs> ourselves.
1: <laughs> that's fine too. I mean, we like to hear ourselves talk, so.
0: I've edited so many hours of my own voice. I'm not sure about that. (laughs) So many hours.
1: I don't actually watch a lot of my porn, so I get it. Yeah,
0: I'm my own editor. So this is somewhere in the episode of 350 range. Oh my God. Yeah, I've been doing this. I've been doing this for a minute. And I've been my own editor since uh, the third episode.
1: Wow. Yeah. Do you listen back through like the entire thing? Well, I have to. Why?
0: Two cameras shoot. I have to sit and synchronize cameras. Oh shit!
1: You haven't made it any easier for yourself in all I these mean, years. There's,
0: there's no way to make that. There's easy. no
1: way. Okay, I mean, you know the technical side of it better than I do. Yeah, like
0: so. I, I have to select a camera angle on who's talking.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you have to do that throughout the entire. Oh shit! So. Man, that sucks. <laughs>
0: it's the gig. I signed up for it. I'm the one who decided to make this full video in 2019. It was audio only for. Years. It's
1: It's been full video since then. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. I feel like so many podcasts aren't. So I wasn't sure. I didn't do a whole lot of makeup, but I was like, oh, passable. Well,
0: my thought process is show up on however it's comfortable for you. Like yeah. however you want to be seen by the internet, show up. Like people have shown up in pajamas. Yeah. I've had people show up in like full like you know set. But, you know, I regular people are like, is there a specific outfit I should wear? Is there like, no. Just
1: be comfortable.
0: Be comfortable. Show up how you want the internet to see you. Yeah. I'm going to.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the entire internet's seen me in every way. So <laughs> So who cares?
0: I'm not also trying to control anyone's image.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Like this is yes, you are here under your stage name, but I want the audience to get a feel of who you are as a person, not necessarily the character that you're portraying regularly. On set uh, in your scenes.
1: Yeah, which me is now a mom, apparently. That's like the character I've been portraying. Uh, But that, I mean, that's why, that's a big reason why I love podcasts, like besides the fact that I love to talk. But I I really do like talking about what really happens, like what, you know, what really is going on in my head, because I feel like it normalizes the people in the industry a little bit more, too.
0: Oh my God, because they're real people with hopes, dreams, ambitions, and, you know, what? Do things away from work. Yeah. But. Speaking of about playing a mom, you ever thought about having kids in real life?
1: So I uh, I never really had that biological desire to have children. I always love kids. I've worked with kids. Um, I love other people's babies. Um, and I just – there was a point where I thought maybe if I met a partner who was really adamant about it, I would consider it. But by the time I turned 35, I decided that was no longer part of my journey and I got my tubes removed so um green pies for days that's that and i have an iud in for the hormones so i'm the most baby proof person like you should see guys eyes light up on set they're like what um so yeah i when i had that when i had that done it was super empowering because that just took away the option for me which was great because i don't want children and so it's just done
0: hey that's awesome and I wholeheartedly support it. I got myself sterilized last year, so.
1: Yeah, congratulations.
0: Thank you. I filmed it for YouTube.
1: <laughs> did you? <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Was it a pretty easy recovery?
0: Uh, the recovery was uh, annoying, but not the end of the world. Okay, yeah. The procedure itself was under 10 minutes. Amazing. I'm like, I'm awake for the whole thing. Like, <sighs>
2: Yeah.
0: The, the shot is from the chest up and me just mugging and bullshitting to the camera for 10 minutes. Okay, okay. Like, I definitely asked the doctor how my shave job was.
1: And what did they say?
0: Oh, it's on point. I'm like, that's right. That's on camera.
1: There we go. You did it. That's proof that yep. you shaved that you shaved well. Uh, that's important.
0: Medical <laughs> professional approved of my sh-
1: Congratulations. Thank you. It's really exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I never wanted children like much like you. It's like there was a point where I had a partner who had a kid and I very much was like, well, if this is going to get really serious, I might as well have one with them too, like Oh, if-. interesting. And then I panicked and ran. So
1: Right. It was, <laughs> I, I had a partner who had um, a daughter and I really liked having that kind of relationship. It was a really nice kind of like, I'm helping, but I'm not your mom kind of deal. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Like I, I wouldn't have minded being a step parent maybe, um, but I just never wanted my own. It seemed really expensive, like a lot of work and exhausting and it would derail, you know, what I was trying to do with my life and change my body. It just sounded awful kind of.
0: It, it really does. And um... Much of the same for me was fears of never realizing my own ambitions to help raise this person's child was part of Uh, why I panicked and ran. Because, like, she had no support system at fucking all.
1: So you would have had to be such a huge part of that.
0: Yeah. Like, the baby day was a piece of... the statute of limitations have passed on this. She had to stop me from going over there with a gun at one point. Oh so my god! He had put hands on her while she was holding her kid, and I like I lost my oh shit. Oh my god! Like, and I'm normally not, not a violent person, but it was just like she came to my house crying, and it was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna murder this guy.
1: It's so difficult to be entangled in all of that too, yeah. where it's not your situation, but now it is.
0: Yeah, it was like, well, I'd be pretty protective of like you. Someone put hands on my partner in the first place, but like something just. Even though it's not my, it's his fucking kid. But she was holding, you know, their infant daughter at the time when he even put his hands on her. I, I, I lost. I, she thankfully had much cooler, a much cooler head than me, and like stopped me. <laughs> stopped you. Yeah, I would not be here right now if like I had gone through with my impulses at that point. But yeah, yeah, and but it's still like I definitely panicked and was just like, oh well, she can't rely on that piece of shit. Yeah, she's got no support system of her own. I would have to be it. I would have to stay at the 9 to 5 I was working at the time that I fucking hated. Yeah. And be a support system for her. And it, I I fucking panicked.
1: I, I mean, I don't blame you. I, I feel like we all just kind of, this is, we're the center of our own universe, right? Like, it, this is our life. And at the end of it, do you want to feel like you lived it completely for somebody else and that you didn't, you didn't realize all of your dreams and ambitions or at least try for them? Right. I, I don't want that.
0: No, I'm not. I often like give people shit when they're like, but my family, like, is it your life or theirs? Mm -hmm. You know, if not, even if like on the industry front, like I have friends back in Chicago who are miserable in Chicago Yeah, and they're just like, but my family's here. I'm like, that's cool. There's planes. You can go back and visit them at some point.
1: Right. No, living your life for somebody else is just, I mean, it's, it'll like eat away at you. It kind of dims you. 100%.
0: Like it. The idea of just, it it sounds just horrible. Some other, like, especially because you don't necessarily know if they have good intentions for you either.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, everyone's selfish, right? Right. They think of themselves first. I think a big part of why... Um I really I mean I did well in real estate too and financially but like having my own financial independence is so important to me because I've never stayed in a relationship because I had to because I was relying on somebody else. It's why I have I have no interest in sugar daddies. I have no interest in like I want to make my own money and I that comes back to like our obligation thing, right? I don't want to be obligated to anyone. Um because I've been able to you know I moved across the country twice this year and I had my own money to do it. Like I never want to feel stuck. And I feel like what you were talking about in your situation, there was like a stuck feeling.
0: It also comes from some childhood trauma because I'm the result of my mother's second marriage and uh, I have a half-sister from her first marriage and it's just like, oh, I, I don't want to repeat history here. But, right.
1: Yeah, you're hyper aware of that specific situation too. Yeah,
0: but specifically that situation because like, my father was a miserable human being. He tried to do the right thing. He worked two jobs, so there was always food on the table. You know, we never got evicted, but he was a miserable human being. Yeah, and like that's not the life I want to fucking lead.
1: Right, right, and it's like, yeah, you're you're you inherently just start living for somebody else when you have children, and and I hear it's a beautiful thing, but if I've never had the urge, right, why would I put myself through it? Like, I don't have that like need to procreate at all.
0: Well, and everyone like, tells me like. People say, oh, once the kid comes out, it just, you know, something flips. Sure. But what if it doesn't?
1: Right. You can't
0: put it away. You can't just be like, oh.
1: I guess I'm done here. This is terrible. Right. Yeah, no. You
0: could, but you'd be a horrible fucking human.
1: The ultimate commitment. It's it's a bigger commitment than marriage. It's a bigger commitment than almost any. You can get out of almost anything else and just having a child – that's a real hard one to get out of. And and it I mean unless there's a person. unless
0: there's a fire department nearby then just leave it right there.
1: <laughs> and we're finished. Yeah. <laughs> like there's our baby box somewhere I can put this thing in. I think
0: actually you can leave children at any fire department. Like that's a thing. Oh, is
1: that the an actual thing? Yeah. Yeah, but then you have to live with yourself the rest of your life. I mean, it's just why even start in the first place? I, maybe that's why I was always so picky about protection and, <laughs> like, just never wanted to become pregnant. I got lucky, and and now it's it's over for me, and I'm fine with that.
0: Never any scares?
1: Uh, I think I had one, like, in high school and another one in college, you know, where I, like, my period was late, and I was like, ah, oh, no. Um, but no, since then, I mean... I was on birth control forever. It's funny when I'm when I'm not on birth control, I get this weird predatory horniness that happens like once a month. And so when I had my tubes removed, I was like, "Well, take out the IUD. I don't need it. This is great. I'm going to have that like predatory like teenage horniness." It was bad. It was like any dick. I was like, I in that moment, it was almost painful, like how predatory i felt toward men <laughs> and i went i'm just and also my face broke out it was like terrible acne it was like i was a teenager again and so i was like put that thing back in my cervix please god i don't care how much it hurts uh so yeah no there's believe it or not there's a version of me that's hornier and worse terrifying
0: oh uh, you're gonna have seen partners trying to reach in there to pull it out
1: Oh no! Yeah, like come on! I want.
0: I want to let the genie out of the bottle. <laughs>
1: it's it's terrifying. Nobody wants it. It's not. It's not good. I'm. I have plenty of a uh, sex drive with uh, with it dampened. Believe it or not.
0: It's like a monkey's paw. It's like oh, be careful what you wish for.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Sophia's on the prowl. I- <laughs> it
1: was scary. It was. I remember. Um, at the time I was in real estate and my partner was overseas, uh, his job. And I remember thinking that some of my realtors were kind of, a attra- and I had never felt that way before about them ever, but I suddenly was like, well, I mean, I guess, I wonder what it would be like to fuck him. And I just, oh, nope, no, 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 nope. <laughs> so it gets, it gets worse.
0: You're, like, about to re- reenact some of that reality or the real estate porn. Real estate, yeah, yeah, which I
1: never did. I never fucked someone in an open house. People ask me that kind of stuff all the time. I was so, you know, job-focused. I would have never.
0: Yeah, I, I feel that's a silly question. Like, that's a, oh, I want to hear the porned-up answer to that question.
1: Oh, yeah, people think your life is a porn, and it just isn't, you know?
0: <laughs> no, like, when you date performers in real life and, like, it's like, oh, no, I'm drawing an Epsom salt bath for them and, like, we're going to watch movies.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and we're going to cuddle and I'm not going to ask her to ride me because she did it at work and she's tired.
0: <laughs> right, right. I may have to watch ask her to watch me drag off. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, honey, you're doing such a good job. <laughs>
0: that's nice
1: oh yeah great yeah yeah it's not as sexy as as people think it is i mean there's a lot of parts of it that i feel like we get desensitized to that are pretty amazing you know where you just you're like oh i had to go to this orgy today but you know just those kind of things that you know i think blow some people's minds but for us it's just every day but
0: it's the thing like i'm much more, my mind was much more blown by the seven Brazilian gangbang in real life oh, yeah. than anything that's, like, arranged on a set. Because, cool, like, it was arranged on a set. This it didn't happen organically. The, the amazing stories happen in life organically. Not someone committed something to paper and then made it fucking happen. That's a cool end product. But that's not, like, as cool right. as...
1: And, and there's so much negotiation that goes around this kind of stuff, you know, because you want it to be safe. You want everyone to be tested. You want everyone to have the right, you know, boundaries and and to discuss that kind of stuff. It's important. And it's not it's not very sexy. I mean, I think it's kind of sexy. But, like, it isn't, you know, objectively very sexy to be like, hey, are you free this date? So that we, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of scheduling and logistics. Um, and I've tried to arrange gangbangs in my personal life since that one and it's never worked out because the guys chicken out like I, I had there was like a Swedish um, documentary crew that was that was filming for kink.com when I was shooting there years and years and years ago and we all went out to a bar after and they were hot apparently it's an international thing for me it's Brazilians or Swedes um, <laughs> and we went out and I and one of the guys who was super hot was like well you know maybe we could do all of us and I said if you all have condoms and like like then let, yes let's go and they they dipped out one by one. They all chickened out. And so it's like when it comes down to it. And I've I've dated in the industry when I was single. Um, this job is really intimidating to men. Um, and even if they're very confident over the internet or over the dating apps, once you get someone in person, probably seventy percent of the time their dick doesn't work because in their head it's such a mental thing to be like this woman has been with a guy with this big of a dick or even one on one. Oh, oh, yeah. When I when I dated when I was single the last time, it was probably seventy percent of the guys that I like down to like when we got to the sex they couldn't get their their dick hard. Wow. And I and I think it's because of what I did for a living. Wow. All right. And it's so frustrating because it's like I'm here with you. I want to connect with you. I'm not comparing right. you to anybody. I'm not. I'm. I'm not on some like weird upper echelon of like sex performance. I just really enjoy sex and. And, perf- and film sex is very different than personal sex well definitely well they don't know that they want to try 17 positions and you're like i don't want this
0: no that sounds exhausting
1: mm-hmm.
0: no one's gonna get a good rhythm with that
1: no 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 they just keep changing it up that's another reason i have no interest in dating people civilians i guess people call it like outside of the industry i just well you know
0: I, that that's that's mind-boggling to me because like i i understand i am not a like a beautiful man like i understand <laughs> but like I am very much like, oh, this is where you want to be. Like, okay, let's go. Like, yeah, like Uh, the only times I have failed is generally due to alcohol.
1: Sure. And that (laughs) happens sometimes, and it's not a big deal. It was just the fact that it was so many in a row and over this time that I was like, it has to just be a mental thing about what I do. You're also, probably not intimidated by talking to women who do this for a living
0: i hope not i
1: would hope not at this (laughs) point right so but
0: but but even well before that like
1: for a lot of men though it's like you match on an app with someone who says they do porn and your brain makes it into this big thing before you've ever even met the person
0: yeah for me on the other hand it's when i meet someone on an app who's like i do porn only fans i'm like hey are you actually trying to meet people or are you just trying to hustle your only fans right now
1: right yeah like
0: If you're just trying to hustle your OnlyFans, good game. That's cool.
1: No, I'm not going to be the person for right.
0: it. Right? Do you need an editor?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's when you do your hustle. I'm
0: I'm honestly about to like take a picture for the dating apps, like, and just hold a sign that says, "I will like my profile picture. I will edit your OnlyFans." Like, oh
1: my god, you would get so much work from that. I bet. Yeah, with like some examples or like you well, like you know in like working on stuff that looks very professional and official. I bet you would get good good <laughs> people from that.
0: Like, don't want to date me? That's fine. Do you want? To be- yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like dudes. If someone, no matter who they are, if like it's the point where we're taking our clothes off, mm-hmm. this is where they want to be. Like, don't get in your head about it.
1: Right, right. Like, I'm choosing to be with you here. Like, I want to have that connection. It's why I love sex. It's it's that connection. It's that like roller coaster that you're on together, even if it's just for a little bit. Like, then you just had this experience. Like, it's a really fun thing. And just-
0: yeah, and it's one of those things where, like. Sex is an Everest. No. Like, you know, you're not going to be the first person they have sex with. You're not going to be the last person. You know, you may not be the most memorable partner, but enjoy it for what it is in the moment.
1: Right. And I know I'm not that for everybody. If I'm not feeling chemistry, they're probably not either. You know, so...
0: Well, I mean, definitely if they can't cut their dick hard.
1: Uh, yeah. good. <laughs> 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 I just feel so bad because it's like it's not a big deal. There was, there was one guy in college... He was this beautiful Dominican man, and we would always flirt. At, I worked at the Reebok concept store. I was 18, and he would, like, we'd go get shoes together, um, and he would, like, push his his cock up against my ass, and I was like, oh, he's so hot. So finally I had him over to my apartment, and we had been kind of playing this game for months and months and months, this tease game. And he came over, and, you know, we had a beer or whatever it was, and uh, and we go to have sex. He puts on the condom, and he, within probably less than 10 seconds, he was out of me and he was pulling on his clothes as fast as he could and i just i was in shock because i'm sitting there you know ass up confused <laughs> and i and i i was like what what's going on are you okay and he's like i'm just i'm just going to go and i realized that he like i i checked i like looked down at the condom and he had come right like really fast which is fine it's kind of flattering honestly <laughs> like like you couldn't even hold it but and i and i tell him i, I you know i said it's fine you can just stay here. Like, we'll have another beer. We'll wait some time. And I noticed that he's crying and then he runs out of the, runs out of the apartment. So I felt terrible. But the next time I saw him at work, which so awkward, he comes up to me and he goes, Hey ma, when are we going to do that again? (laughs) Like completely, (laughs) he must've like just repressed it. So that's my crying Dominican man story.
0: Either that or, you know, he told someone else that he was going to go hook up with you and then you know, had to play it up for the other coworker that he had bragged about hooking up with you.
1: I'm sure it was so, and it was just so disappointing because I, I don't care in that moment. It was, you know what I mean? Like it's like it happens. It's fine. We've been building up to this, but he just ran out of my apartment.
0: Oh yeah, okay. uh, and dudes, at least in my anecdotal experience, I've definitely come too quick. In, you know, oh yeah, yeah. It's just like, yo, um, give me a few.
1: Can I tell you it has happened a lot on set? No no one's ever come too quick on set, but they get close and then they have to stop you and it is so satisfying to make like a like a real like a veteran male performer be like, "Ooh, I am just feeling this so much that we have to pause for a second. It is the best ego boost
0: <laughs> well, I can imagine I mean it's like
1: it feels great. so I mean it, it's it's a fun thing for us on our side of it of like, oh, like. This feels so good that you almost can't control yourself. I I think it's kind of fun. Oh,
0: yeah. And I've also had like, you know, my my usual whiskey dick is that I don't finish. I've definitely had people stick around and be like, no, 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 I'm not leaving until I get that load from you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a source of pride in that too, you know?
0: like It's just like, oh, no, no, my job's not done until you come. I'm like. But it could be like
1: yeah yeah, you could be done it's fine like like if
0: you don't want to do this anymore like i'll live with not having an orgasm tonight like
1: yeah and that's the difference between you know someone like you and like an 18 year old who like the be all end all is the come shot you know and it just it doesn't need to be
0: well i guess i'm lucky slash unlucky that i didn't come with my first two partners like i just was so in my own head i just could never get off yeah so like it sucks. Believe me, it sucks. But, yeah, you know, my my first partner I just did not get off. It was like too just.
1: There's just too much in your head.
0: Yeah. Well, one of them I was very drunk for.
1: Right. That'll, that'll definitely do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have an orgasm until I was 18 and in college. And I had been masturbating since I was 13. So I didn't even. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that that was like the goal. I just knew that things felt good. And then when I first, when I had my first orgasm, which took like 40 minutes and it was manual and I was like a writhing, sweaty mess. It was pretty amazing, actually. So I was like, oh, that's what we're going for here. And I've been really fortunate, especially in this industry. Like I come really easily and I feel like not a lot of women do necessarily. So I am pretty lucky with that. But that first time, it took a good, a good long time.
0: Is it? Vaginal intercourse that really gets you off, or clitoral stimulation, or?
1: Um, Vaginal can get me there really quickly. Clitoral, I need usually, um, like, a Hitachi for it. Um, So, like, some sort of vibration as well. But, like, I I feel like a lot of women can't come through penetration, and for me, it's pretty easy. Um, It's just a matter of, like the guy continuing to do the same thing that he was doing. And so I, I'm really vocal with my scene partners of like, I'm going to come or just like that, or yes, please. Like I'm about to whatever. So they continue to do it. Um, I had some people change it up and I try not to show on camera that I'm like, oh, I'm so close. <laughs> like, try not to show my frustration.
0: <laughs> no, this is why I don't want 17 positions. God damn it. Exactly. It's like, no, 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 don't stop. Please keep going. Right? Um, yeah. It's right. Right there. Right
1: Right, it's literally right there. Don't move, or like I'll I'll help kind of guide women into like making me come, and that's really nice too. Especially if they ha- they don't have a lot of experience with women, because every woman is so different, especially with oral on how on what makes them come and what feels good for them. Because people have such different sensitivities, and I feel like women who haven't had a lot of experience with women don't necessarily know that. And they're like, "What is the trick?" Same with men, right? They're like, "What do you do?" The alphabet with your tongue. Don't do that. Like. <laughs> Um, I actually had, I had one guy that I really wanted to fuck and I was probably 18 at the time and we finally, we finally were going to, I thought he was really cool because it was around the time of the matrix came mm-hmm. out, which is dating myself.
0: You've uh, already made your age on air. It's fine. That's true. It's fine.
1: I'm almost 40. Uh, and he, he would like wear this like black trench coat and I thought he was really cool. And we finally hooked up. We hooked up in his parents' bed and it was a dead silent room and he's going down on me and suddenly I hear, mmm. I'm like, okay. He's enjoying himself. He's humming or like into it. And then he keeps humming and he doesn't stop. And so the whole time in this dead silent room, I'm hearing "Hmm," and he thought he was vibrating. If you put your, your finger on your mouth and you do that, there's no vibration. It doesn't do anything. It was just him humming in a dead silent room into my pussy. It was the most awkward, (laughs) the most awkward moment. And I just stared at the ceiling and hoped that it would be done soon. So, um, That's my advice. Don't do that. Now you tell me. Oh, God. Oh, you were doing the Matrix hum.
0: For like 30 years now. Uh no I'm sexually active thirty years, Jesus, I'm not that old,
1: oh God, <laughs> yeah, wait a second, hold up <laughs>
0: like i I did All the cops. I did the math of my own, I'm like, ooh, that'd be bad.
1: That wouldn't actually not be great to be telling people, um yeah, but every every woman's different, every like body is different, same with guys too. I'll ask them before set, like before we shoot, you know, is there something you really like? Is there something you don't really like? And you'd be surprised at how many are like, hey, like, grab my cock as hard as you can, or like, don't grab it hard at all, or like, play with my balls, or don't don't touch my balls. And so there isn't kind of a one stop shop.
0: <laughs> Judging by some of the head I've gotten over the years, somebody's into having their urethra tongued.
1: Interesting. Oh, I've never even thought about doing that.
0: I-, I was super not into it. I'm just like, ah, yeah, like, why, why, like, it's not a clit. Like, it, th- th- please don't stick your tongue there like around the base is cool like on the head like, Fascinating. like that is not that was not comfortable like
1: yeah i've also heard about guys that don't like to be deep throated so like that was a big thing on like porn guy twitter for a minute too because i know that a lot of girls like it'll hit their teeth um and there are just some dicks you can't deep throat because they're too wide anyway but i,
0: I don't mind getting deep throated, but it's just like at the end of the day all had ever nine times 99 out of 100 times for me is like your mouth's gonna be on my dick for like two minutes, and then I'm going to want to fuck.
1: Right, exactly. Well, that's how I feel about receiving oral. Like, it's fine, and I like it. But there are so many other things that I would, you know, I'm like, I, I want your cock in me. <laughs> so, uh,
0: but I've definitely had people like, oh, I, I want to suck your dick, and I, I, just like, before we begin, please understand, like, I'm cool with that, but I'm going to want to fuck
1: uh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, if
0: you are not down to fuck after, like, dur- as during this. We're not. I'm not going to start. start.
1: You're right. Not, you don't even want it if it's not going to lead into. It. That's fair. I think that's a good disclaimer for before before sexy time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a list of nos? This is too invasive.
0: You no, it's know. not at all.
1: Do you have like a list of like I absolutely what?
0: What? I'll, this show thinks of, I'm going to be like. Oh my god. That that's the line. That's the line I'm not crossing. <laughs> well, I know
1: that usually you're the one asking the question. No.
0: No. No. Normally this is a conversation.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> but no. Oh. Okay. Let me rephrase. There. Are, because I do have digestive issues, I am very yeah. I'm just uncomfortable. Like I don't think even if it was gonna be potentially punishable, I'm going to get out of my head enough right to let it happen.
1: It's like too deep of an insecurity for it to be something that you could be comfortable with.
0: I so I was diagnosed with fucking Crohn's in 2004. Like uh, like it's just like oh sometimes I, what comes out of there is fucking horrific. Yeah. And like I the last thing I want to do is ruin sexy time by. Your finger starts a geyser or some shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although that would sell pretty well on OnlyFans.
0: Yeah, but I don't film what I do. <laughs> I would just have, destroy someone's bed and...
1: Yeah, it's like Old Faithful, but out of your ass.
0: Exactly. It'd be like the fucking opening to the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Up comes a bubbling crude.
1: You know, uh, yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. So no, but do you do you like rimming then? Or no? Like no butt things? Uh
0: <sighs> I'm It's one of those things where, like, be aware if you're, you know, put your mouth down there. It's...
1: That's how I feel about anal in general. I'm like, if you're going to play in the playground and I'm not there, like, then that's that's your funeral, buddy. Like, that's. Oh, yeah.
0: And, like, I, I will definitely, you know, give people anal. Like, Yeah. I definitely, I felt so bad for this girl. Like, anal, pull out, you know, shit on my dick. Like, Sure, of course it's part of it. She was mortified. I'm just like, I'm going to go take a shower real quick. Yeah. Gave her a kiss and, like.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: But she was still just like, I can't believe. I'm like, it washes right off. Don't that's worry.
1: Where it, that's where it's stored, my friend.
0: Right. Like, you wanted me to put it in your ass. I put it in your ass. I knew what was happening here. Oh. But for me personally, anytime like, a finger goes on my butt cheek too close to, like, it's like, I just start clenching. It's just like, yeah, yeah. It's like nah, 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 nah. Like, this is probably, but on that, like, yeah, I, I'm not particularly submissive like i've had girls try to chop me and it's just like this is not fun for me
1: it felt like did it feel silly or did it feel like bad both okay yeah Yeah,
0: i was just like um what are you doing yeah (laughs) like yeah no thanks no thanks (laughs) and i i had hair down the middle of my back like till my early 20s like i definitely girls pull my hair at points i'm like what are you doing no stop that
1: yeah so, yeah, so, like, any, like, so no, like, and no pain things or anything, like, no.
0: I mean, no, people have definitely bit me and be like, oh, that's cool. Like, I yeah. Yeah, like depending on, like, where the biting happens and, like, yeah, in the heat of the moment, like, if it's just, like, you're your opening movies to bite me, like, eh, that might be a problem. Let's
1: not, let's not, yeah, we have to dial up to that. I had one girl that I used to make out with, like, forever ago before sex work, and she would bite the fuck out of my lips, and it hurt so badly. I would stop her. And say, like, you're really hurting me. Like, that. this isn't fun for me. Yeah. And she would continue to do it. It just wasn't fun. Like, well, and, I think some people have, like, a natural something that they do, and it just is not.
0: Like, this is my move.
1: Yeah. It was like her her drunk move was to, like, bite my lips off. And I just was like, this isn't sexy. And I feel like the second you get into, like, not sexy, like, the second, like, a hand is around your throat, you're like, I'm kind of out. Like, yeah. this isn't fun anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely was hooking up with some girl. I met at a party on a couch at a friend's place. This is years and years and years ago. Yeah. And, like. We're going at it, and she goes to choke me, and i was just like, "Yeah, I'm, I took her hand off my neck, and like, we get back to my, and then she puts her hand on my neck again. Did it again? Yeah, I'm just like took her hand, and then I pulled up my pants. I just laughed. And she's like, "Where are you going? I'm like, "Home. Have a good night.
1: Yeah, like I'm not into it.
0: <laughs> like I'm, well, I, part. I was all starting to sober up and realizing I wasn't into, really into her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, all of those things together were just like not a pleasurable experience. I feel like I've, I've like pushed through a lot, especially like party, you know, fucking or something like that, where I've like kind of just pushed through cause I didn't want to be rude, but like I would have got, like, like I got the it kind of like partially through and it was just, all right, let's just finish this.
0: Yeah, no, I've I definitely had some regrettable sex with people while drunk. Like just yeah. like, Oh, sober. This is not where I wanted to be, but I, I was drunk and horny and you were here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a big part of why I quit drinking, probably the main part was, was blacking out and then being like, I didn't want to do that with that person necessarily. Like I wouldn't have picked this sober. So it's just, it's nice to be in control of all my decisions now.
0: Thankfully, there are very few cases of blacking out and fucking people. Mm. There are definitely a couple of occasions of sobering up while inside someone being like, Oh, why am I here?
1: Oh no. Oh, that's so awkward.
0: I, I, I'm like I'm pot committed at this point. I might as well.
1: Oh yeah, 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 exactly. We're like, oh. uh,
0: well, I'm gonna power through this, but like, yeah, this is not where I necessarily want to be. Like, th- there's a story I've told a bunch of times on here about uh, hooking up at a friend's wedding with yeah a horrible human being and he's sobering up oh, inside no. her. Oh shit. Yeah, but you know these things happen. Like you know,
1: and I will say, I think it's I think it's telling that I've never finished a cam show or or finished a shoot either pro or collab where I've felt bad about myself after never like I just I've always felt really good about the porn that I've done you know like I because I've picked it and I'm giving my body pleasure or I'm giving somebody else pleasure so I think that I think that's I guess kind of telling you know when it comes to this so I it's good that I don't drink (laughs) but it's it's uh, also good that I do porn.
0: It is. It absolutely is. I just, you know, should be a little choosy about who I fuck when I'm drunk. Sometimes, eh.
1: and sometimes if you're too drunk, you're not picking, and that was the problem for me.
0: <laughs> so. Oh no, 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 I, I, yeah, on multiple occasions. Like when uh, the last year I technically lived in Vegas, my stuff was in storage, and I was crashing at a friend's place, and yeah. like she and I had been hooking up on and off for years. Drunkenly, I ended up banging her best friend and one of her roommates. Yeah. And, boy, that didn't go over super great. I, one of them was, like, you know, we had no commitments or anything like that. Like, we just hook up occasionally when sure. we were both horny. But, like, I came into town for her birthday, and she decided she wanted to fuck someone else for her birthday. I'm like, that's cool. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her roommate's like, so you going to bed alone? I'm like, I was planning. On, should I actually want some company. I'm like,
1: sure. Yeah, why not? That sounds great.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. Sorry. Yeah. And then, it's like, on top of it not being great, like – definitely made things awkward like the next morning
1: Ugh, that's the worst and it's just like yeah and especially when you have sex for a living you're like sex itself isn't exciting there has to be something else about it there has to be some sort of connection or production or you know like the unknown is only fun up until like the makeout part i think for me you know if it's like somebody kind of hot then you're like ooh, then make out but then past that you're like oh it's
0: Sex. Uh, I essentially just wanted to masturbate inside someone that night. That's really <laughs> where I was at. Like, I don't think I was particularly great in bed there either. Like,
1: yeah. I don't
0: think she was like, holy fuck, that was the fuck of my young life. It was just like.
1: Everybody was just getting through it.
0: Yeah, everyone. I, I think she described it like, Matt fucked me like I was in a porn. I'm just like, yeah, I was just trying to get off. Like, eh. uh, yeah, not, not my, one of my shinier moments.
1: No, and it should be this like mutually nice thing, and I think drinking always clouded that for me.
0: Oh, it does for me too. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I, I think I had something like seventeen partners in twenty fourteen, not one of them sober.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, I was just like, ooh, uh, it was like ah, I might need to take a little reflection on what I'm doing here.
1: Yeah, is it that you're more comfortable approaching when you're drunk or drinking?
0: I mean, I think that was part of it. I think it was just also like. I was just in more like social drunk situations where like in a lot, in a bunch of those cases, like the female was kind of the aggressor.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. The opportunity was likely because of the situation. Yeah. It was just
0: like, Oh, Oh yeah. Like that one in particular, I was just going to go to bed. I was drunk and I was just going to, I was like, do you want company? I'm like, yes, I do.
1: Sure. Why not? Sure. Yeah. Fuck it.
0: Literally. Exactly. (laughs) and that happened a handful of times, you know, over the course of the year It was just like drunk social situations and it's just like, oh, okay. And there were only a couple regrettable hookups of all those partners.
1: Okay, good. So it wasn't it wasn't that like all of those were kind of mediocre because of the drinking or no, but it was patient.
0: but it was just like, like at the end of the year I'm like, Oh, I had a for someone who does not have sex on film, a lot of partners this year and the fact that I would I actually I think I take the fact I was sober for one of them. Yeah. I was sober for one of them. Yeah. And that's it. Like, it was just like, huh, I don't think this isn't necessarily healthy that I was drunk for almost everyone I had sex with this year.
1: Yeah, it is interesting to kind of think about of, like, why, you know?
0: Yeah, I never really gave it a deep dive on, like, well, why exactly did that happen more when I was drunk? It was just, like. That's just how it happened.
1: Well, I did. I liked that about drinking or about going out at night where you didn't know where the night was going to take you. You didn't know, especially when I would go out in Seattle when I was still drinking, I would go out with cam girlfriends. I knew we were going to hook up because like, that's just what I did with my girlfriends. Um, But then we would maybe try and find a guy or it would be one of the guys that I was like, you know, seeing on one of the apps. And so it would turn into a threesome or it would turn into something we could record. Um, And those were fun, um, but I didn't, I wasn't very present during them and I didn't remember parts and so it's just really nice to know that I can have a good time when going out and then I can still have this crazy sex life that I'm perfectly fine being sober for and it's it's better sober because I'm present. Oh, fucking awesome. Yeah.
0: And I am not a proponent of just having drunk sex, by the way. I'm just putting that out there. Like, <laughs> it's just how it happened.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Well, because it gave you pause too to be like, hey, wait a second, let me think about that. I, I know women, I have a, a girlfriend of mine, Who's not in the industry and she was surprised to know that most of my sex has been sober. That for her, because of how she feels about herself and about sexuality, she kind of needed to be drunk for a lot of her sex or be under the influence of something. And I think that's a really common theme with especially a lot of women because it's, so, it's such a vulnerable place to be and to put yourself in.
0: Well, and there's also the societal stigmas of like being sexually like, oh, my God that you as a woman have sexual desires like but i was drunk so it's okay
1: right like if you had picked that then you're just a slut but if you were just drunk then you know it just kind of happened and oops oops i just just happened to fall fall on that dick fell into it um yeah but there's something so powerful about not giving a fuck anymore which is really nice for me of like yes i'm slutty yes i love sex um And I'm still doing it in a safe discerning way. You know what I mean? Like it's, I get to pick what I do with my body and with my life and you can think whatever you'd like about it. In fact, pay me to watch.
0: (laughs) And that's honestly minus, depending on where you are in life about the pay me part, that's how it should be for everybody.
1: I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think we're I think we're getting a little bit closer to that. Like we talked about before with uh, OnlyFans, there being less of a stigma around adult work and about. And I think that affects how society views female sexuality as well. It's just it's a different generation than kind of how my my mom's generation viewed it, which was, you know, that like if you were sexual or you sold any aspect of it or you appeared that way or dressed a certain way, that made you have less value as a woman or as a human.
0: But it's such a weird situation because it's like. The late 60s the free love the you know mm-hmm. like burning our bras like yeah is was, was that second wave or third wave feminism at that point
1: i'm not sure
0: which one but and we're highly educated here on and now we drink
1: clearly, clearly um... but
0: you know the, the the whole like summer of love the free love and all that shit and like how did those people turn into
1: my mother i don't know
0: yeah exactly like no like you you guys were fucking naked at woodstock and like right all of a sudden once you like pumped out some kids is like oh no 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 no
1: yeah not my not my child right it's like she's debasing herself in front of the entire world like
0: and it's like (laughs) if that's part of what comes with having children definitely don't sign me up
1: definitely don't yeah absolutely i i remember uh like online i get this a lot and i actually got it from uh, from my mom too well she was like how would you feel if I did it and I was like oh I wouldn't care I wouldn't watch it but like the idea that it is inherently bad and I would think that it was inherently bad or people online saying like well would you let your child do-? you know it's like if if my kid was 18 and chose this life like more power to them I, I think it's it's been a great experience for me you know
0: I would have the conversation about the many pitfalls that come with this industry sure like and It's the same thing. Most not.
1: of them are social, though, honestly. Oh, I
0: mean, no, yeah, they, they are. But you still have to be aware of them and accept them. I often will have civilian friends who are like, I'm going to start an OnlyFans. I'm going to get into sex work. And I'm like, if you want to do that, you need to give it some real serious consideration before you do it. Here are a lot of potential fit- pitfalls that come with it. If you still want to do it, I'll help you. But I'm not just going to blindly help you.
1: Right. And so many people just give up so quickly that you're like, why did I put in all this effort too? Oh. There's, there's that. Um.
0: Oh, definitely. But I, I had a friend of mine who's, she's got to be, she's roughly my age. Like, wanting to start an OnlyFans. And she's an insurance sales in, in the Midwest. And I'm like, you're hot. Don't get me wrong. We've hooked up in the past. Like, yeah. I'll happily do it again if you want to come visit, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My hat's off to that girl. Like, the first time we hooked up, she sat, we were at a party. She sat down on my lap and just started playing porn on her phone. I'm like, oh, that's a bold mood.
1: That is way more bold than I have ever been in my entire life. I have so much respect for that. God, I wish I could be that bold. That's so hot.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was super hot. Like, And one of my buddies who was on the balcony with us who saw it, he's just like, please don't fuck in the room while I'm asleep. I just laughed. I'm like, yeah. you're the be- you're a good friend.
1: That's, that's yeah. a good. So then she wanted to start one.
0: Yeah. And she wants to start one like now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but you really need to give this some thought. Like please understand that like this is not a protected class. If you don't do this and you're not successful about it, everyone you know will find out about it and you may lose work over this in the future.
1: Over and it's and it's a risk that you're taking because the average income is 160 bucks per month. Like it's not everybody making crazy crazy money.
0: Right. And like you have a professional job. Are you really going to have the time and effort to dedicate to this to try to make it successful? Like, if you want to shoot some nudes or, you know, have some like on, like, do it. But if you're trying to monetize it, it's don't, a whole different beast. Right. Don't stick your toe in. Yeah. Like, be all in or don't.
1: Right. Right. I think, I think that's really good advice.
0: She apparently didn't like that because she's like, I got a meeting. I'll follow up with you, and I just didn't hear from her about it again. I think she was expecting like me to just be like, Hell yeah, you should do that. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I'm the friend who actually works in this industry. Who I'd be a bad friend if I just told you to go for it.
1: I I know plenty of women who, are, you know, who who do this very regularly and still have another job. You know, it, it's to make it your own income and to build it to that point takes a lot of effort. And you know, I I do like shoots as well as OnlyFans and, and if one kinda dips then hopefully the other one kind of rises like there's just it's it's really hard to find that consistent income and you have to work at it.
0: You do. And you're already an established brand. You're
1: right yeah i that if i didn't have that and i had to start from scratch when i just got back in the industry there's no way i'd be where i am right now like it so much of it was that 7 years of putting in the work and creating the community
0: exactly you and know. and you also know the risks that come with doing the gig and
1: oh i already experienced like i the worst thing that could have happened happened i lost my relationship with my mom over it like you know what i mean like it's already done so <laughs> how much worse could it get
0: right right but yeah, you know, the shit has happened over you know my time in the industry, time and time again. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm thinking about, it. I'm like give it serious thoughts Yeah. Like in addition to that, like if you are looking for a romantic relationship, it can be a lonely place.
1: It's it not a lot of I think people guys will say maybe they want to be with someone who does this, but not in actuality. And there are a lot of men um i think that the term is suitcase pimps (laughs) where where they just want to latch on to a woman who's successful in this and do a tiny amount of work on the side and and or just play xbox all day right and leech off of you know the money that the woman's making so there are a lot of yeah there are a lot of risks in it you know and it's just right or i hear about women who want to do it and then like hide it from their husbands or their partners which is really icky too i just
0: that that's That's honestly almost grosser than being a suitcase pimp, like, in some respects. Because, yeah. like, a suitcase pimp at least, I mean, it's gross, but it's, like, you're kind of upfront about your grossness. Like, yeah. Like, the hiding, like, hiding it from your partner, like, that is.
1: I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine.
0: I would just be done. Like, I obviously have no moral qualms about dating a performer. But, like, if you were lying to me about it, like. The trust is everything. Like the physical act yep. really means nothing. Yep. The trust fucking means everything. And if like you don't trust me enough to include me in this part of your life, what else are you fucking hiding?
1: Right, which is a huge part too. People try and downplay it, and it's just like, oh, they're just online. Well, I mean, yeah my my main thing in relationships is transparency and honesty. Like it all has to be. the others. It, it, that's the main thing. So that always. Even, I don't know, even, like, like hiding what you're spending or hiding your package. All of that kind of stuff, like, from partners always felt I, other people can manage their relationships the way they want to, I suppose. But for me, I always like the idea of everything being kind of shared and talked about.
0: Yeah. And I will freely admit that, like, in practice, I've been bad about that at points. Mm-hmm. And mostly that's just out of being self-conscious or afraid. Like, I don't, yeah. like, the ex I ran from because of her kid, I didn't vocalize that very well. Like, yeah. I was much younger, and I didn't vocalize it very well. I just kind of panicked.
2: Sure, sure.
0: But in practice, in what I would want to do going forward, is completely, you know, be like, hey.
1: This is a lot for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you, you get to make those decisions in your life. I think they should be made with, like, full understanding from your partner, <laughs> too.
0: Yeah, well, and it's one of those things, like, as I said earlier, if you're dating a performer and they're a performer when you met them, you have no right to say anything about what they're doing with their lives if you are already in a monogamous relationship and they decide that they wanted to get into sex work it should be a discussion
1: i think so too absolutely yeah and there and it is it's just the idea of the performer is like very hot when you want to have sex with them and then and then it gets less hot i think once once you realize that you have all these feelings and they're having sex with other people
0: (laughs) that's what I, i say all the time is like all, especially musicians. Musicians are like, I want to be with a porn star until so it's time for her to go back to work.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Like especially like other entertainers, their ego just can't handle like their girl's fucking somebody else.
1: Right. Yeah. It is. It's like a huge ego thing. And I and I, I've heard even like when performers date other performers, if one of them's doing more than the other, then that kind of gets weird too. Or, you know, what people's rules are on set. I mean, we yeah, the, that already, but.
0: people's no list explodes.
1: Oh yeah, well, and my my agents have a joke where it's uh, as soon as a girl says like, "Oh, I'm only doing girl, girl," they go, "Who's the new boyfriend?" Oh yeah, yep, because suddenly other penises are this huge threat, even though it's just work.
0: <laughs> well, and it's just like, oh, if you're okay with your partner having sex with other women, but not other men, you're you're just showing your true colors, bro. You're just showing that you're yellow. And that you are a fucking you're afraid.
1: Yeah, of course. Which that's that's a valid thing to be. That's fine. You know, I, I had I had a partner who like left me for a girl we were seeing, like fell in love with her. Like that's a really scary thing. It's a it scary.
0: But it's going to happen either fucking way. Like right. if someone is going to go out of your relationship, someone's going to cheat, someone's going to leave you. Hell, putting down more rules and regulations may push them towards that versus.
1: Right. Right. So like more openness and more discussion and more transparency and honesty, I feel like is always the way to go, whether you're in the industry or not, you know, because you're going to have you're going to have sexual desires for other people or you're going to find other people attractive, you know, but it's that it's that intimacy that you're protecting. It's that trust and that transparency.
0: Yeah. Without trust, you have nothing.
1: Nothing. What's the point? (laughs) What is the fucking point? And the second you break that, it's done. Yeah. You can't get back
0: exactly it's just like you may forgive but you're never gonna forget
1: yep absolutely yeah
0: absolutely just crazy
1: i know what a nice message
0: <laughs> right oh look at our doing this wholesome podcast I know,
1: I know it's like we went from like coming but also to trust in relationships and intimacy it's-
0: yeah And the show is chaotic at times what can i say
1: it's good i like it it's fun
0: and speaking of which it is actually time for last call on this motherfucker believe it or not we've been doing this for almost two and a half hours
1: oh my gosh yeah it went by quick
0: Aw, aw. Sophia, where can they find you on the things?
1: Uh, my things are kind of all over the place. Uh, my OnlyFans is the Sophia Locke. I have lots of underscores and other things. So honestly, it's best to just Google Sophia Locke and Locke with an E. Um, you will not only find my Twitter, which is very explicit, you will also find my TikTok, which is educational, and of course all of my porn.
0: Spend your money. <laughs> spend it, spend it.
1: Or just watch it too. I don't know. I like. I just like that people are watching it. But if you want more, you know, more more fun stuff, the OnlyFans is the best place to go.
0: Apparently, tell her you're masturbating. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to hear it. Tweet at me. Say,
0: tell do me. you want to actually hear them like the noises they make?
1: No, <laughs> unless they want to tip me when they send it.
0: <laughs> but, How much of a tip are we talking?
1: Five dollars for a picture. I'll I'll look at any explicit picture. Oh no, ask. I'm just
0: talking about audio. Like just. Oh, the, audio. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, same, five. I would listen to an audio. It's more of the time that it takes, but, like, I, I just like knowing that people so are- So if like,
0: it's under 30 seconds, five still?
1: Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, can and then it's ten for a video. It's so sweet, though, because I'll get the videos, the explicit videos, um, and it's, like, someone jerking off. Their face usually isn't in it, but it's, like, they'll be, like, watching my porn while they're doing it, you can see it in the camera. It's kind of sweet. Aw. Aw. Like, you like, looking at me naked. That's sweet. Aw. Aw. See, romantics. That's what we are here.
0: Definitely. And as always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F. Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt Effenslayer, and patreon.com slash Matt Slayer for the video versions, the whole video back catalog, the uncensored versions. There's no nudity in this one, folks. It doesn't always happen. I kept my shirt on. <laughs> you can find the podcast at Now We Drink on Twitter, and Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, Drink up, motherfuckers.